Welcome back, boys. We are live again for the eighth time tonight, but the first time recording, actually. We are here. Jacob, what's up, buddy? It's been a time, but hey, we're still here because of the love of the game. College football keeps bringing us back. Right, boys? Hashtag love of the game. Love <laughs> of the game. Clint, what's going on, bud? Jacob, do you do you want to tell JC how I'm doing again, or should I take this one? <laughs> you yeah. should take this one because I, I, I told you, man. I no, heard I, Clint I, this time. I, I, genu- I genuinely want to know how you're feeling right now. <laughs> exactly, because it's been tough. Uh, I'm doing a little slightly better than I was about ten minutes ago. I, I was ready to throw multiple electronic devices through a window, uh, but we look good so far. So yeah, man, that, that was rough. I apologize. I'm traveling. Can't even see my face right now. That's probably a good thing. We can focus on football, not this ugly mug. So appreciate you, boys. Don't uh, don't be so hard on your on yourself. There, there's a uh, never mind. Can't even compare the situation. I was gonna tell you there's some other coaches that are going through some things right now, but unfortunately, <laughs> you don't have seventy six million dollars sitting in the bank. So <laughs> with that yeah. being said, Clint, give us the latest on Jimbo Fisher. I would say kind of a surprise fire based on the fact that normally it comes off of a loss, right? Things get bad, you know, kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. But this kind of seems kind of random, just just due to the timing of it. Yeah, I mean, all right. So, yeah, for those who haven't heard, Jim Harbaugh is fired. He is no longer the head coach of Texas A&M football. Uh, (laughs) Jimbo Fisher. (laughs) Who did I say? Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Oh my god, dude! That's the worst name I could have said too, because (laughs) everything that's going on with him. Let me. This is how long it's been just today trying to get this going. All right, I will say the first six takes you had Jimbo Fisher right. (laughs) Takes yeah, take seven was the the one that broke me. Okay, all right. Let me clarify some things real quick for everybody. (laughs) Jim Harbaugh is not fired, not as of yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to Texas A&M. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher is fired. All right. Uh, no longer the coach at Texas A&M. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, that is kind of odd. I, I didn't think they would do I thought they would kind of wait to the end of the year. I did think they would, he was probably on the way out. I, I just assumed they were going to wait to the end of the year. Um, Jacob shot us a little uh, text in the group chat saying that they actually made that decision during a Thursday meeting. Uh, and kind of just waited till after this game to, you know, break the news. Um, so yeah, seventy six ish million dollar buyout, um, which is a lot of money. You know, you don't really feel too bad for the guy because he could retire his grandkids if he wanted to, and uh, be just fine. Um, now I don't know how y'all feel about it. It's, I mean, what? Who's gonna want that job now? Like, I I just oh, don't know. Yeah, I mean, there can yeah, be a lot ahead. of people uh, lined up for it, like Mike Elko. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that the, a lot of you know analysts around the nation are kind of immediately saying, you know, that's a that's a really big job. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of people, even like somebody named James Franklin. I don't know if that would actually be a, a real thing he'd want to do, but um, there's a lot of coaches that could be lined up for it. Um, I, I think kind of what we talked about too. How you know there could be kids transferring out of that program left and right and y'all are like oh open arms wide uh, wide arms wide open bring them all to south carolina and y'all take them so we'll see what kind of athletes they have left there um i think they'll be okay but we'll see what kind of coach that can attract but yeah as far as jimbo he's he's fine jimbo richer is fine 
you know, he, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, doing just, yeah. just, just, just no doubt. So. <laughs> well, so that's my thing, right? So in the past, if you looked at the recruiting classes that they've had, you would say, hey, I mean, it, it's a good job anyway. It's, a, it's an SEC <laughs> job, but you can say, look, he's had all these recruits come in. Like I'm coming into a good situation. The problem now is with the transfer portal, it's like, well, are, are they going to be here for the long haul? type thing i've heard a few names as well obviously somebody brought Deion sanders just i don't see him jumping ship that quickly dude as much as i you know you never know with these programs maybe an elko like that type of coach does leave to go to a bigger program the way he's talked about duke it would still surprise me but then again everybody kind of talks about their program like that but when you get a guy to me that is kind of building that program from the start um and maybe that's not fair maybe not from the start it's not like they've been absolutely terrible the last couple of years that would surprise me, but look, it's it's going to be a hot job. I'll I'll be interested to see what Jimbo does if he goes the analyst route for a little bit, and then comes back to coaching, um, or he could maybe go the route that a few other guys have. With if you look at Lane Kiffin, Bill O'Brien, some of these other guys that have went and got coordinator jobs elsewhere, really Alabama, and kind of revive their career. But that that would be interesting. I guess we we kind of just joked about it, right, Clint? Like we were joking about when we played when South Carolina played them, like, hey, let's get Jimbo fired this game, let's beat him. But, like, they still have, what's the record? Are they 5-5 five and five now or 6-4? and four? A&M, 6-4. Yeah. So they're 6-4. and four. Like, what if, what, if they fin- what if they were to finish the year 8-4? and four? Like, I get it. You're paying him a lot of money. You've had the best recruiting classes, so I, I know expectations are high. But, Clint, were you surprised that this came now as opposed to the end of the year or the fact that, like, they still do have a winning record, which, you know, whatever, I guess doesn't mean much. Yeah, no, I, like I was saying, I, it kind of just surprised me just because I, I thought they would wait till the end of the year. <clears throat> but I mean, we, we talked about this in, you know, this the season previews. We talked about this throughout the season that Jimbo, he's had six years. He, he's already won a championship at Florida State. That's the expectation that Texas A&M had. They hired a championship quarterback, or I'm sorry, a championship coach, and they paid him a lot of money to bring them championships. Not only that, he recruited recruited some of the best classes that we've ever seen. And he's still, not only did he not deliver championships, he had some terrible years uh, last year, maybe one of the worst. Uh, and it didn't even make sense. And it had everybody scratching their heads. And it just got to a point where they were like, they just need to change, I, I, I guess. But yeah, the, and that being now, you know, what, what's now, I guess you could start your coaching search earlier. I, I don't know. Um, I did see that there, uh, uh, the, the board or whoever it is that makes it to these decisions like sitting down or have sat down with a bunch of um, players and recruits to like inform them of what's going on now, what happened now that Jimbo's gone. Cause obviously Jimbo brought a lot of those guys there. Um, what's the craziest thing to me though, is that I just thought, thought of this is the fact that if he could have made it one more year and there wouldn't have been an sec West anymore, like that might have been the open door to him finally like breaking through, which, you know, maybe you could say he should have broke through by now anyway, but you know, he wouldn't have had to play Ole Miss, Alabama, LSU every single year. They probably would have, you know, rotated these teams and he had maybe a little bit easier schedule. So, um, (laughs) he wasn't able to make it to that. So yeah, he's, he's gone. We'll see. We'll see where he goes. I doubt he's done coaching. Um, but he could definitely go on vacation for like two years and just live yeah, off his uh, bio. <laughs> the, the next 20 years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I believe they're bringing back Texas as an opponent because I know there's like a couple permanent opponents. 
that now with the, without. So I think Texas is one of those because they're trying to bring back that rivalry game. But I'm not sure who the other opponents will be. But you, you would think any anything other than just the West more than likely would be an upgrade, depending on how you how you draw Texas, Oklahoma, and maybe the top of the East. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, Jacob, any other comments on that before we move on to the the games? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could just say quickly, like, <clears throat> I didn't know this until, of course, he got let go. But um, when Texas A&M hired Jimbo Fisher, they gave him like a trophy with like a blank plaque on it. And it said 20 dash dash NCAA Division One football national champion. And so they expected championships out of him. And, and to, that's why six years, I'm surprised they gave him six years, honestly, um, thinking about it. But it, it's the, all about that buyout. But they said, screw it on that Thursday meeting. And I don't care if he beats Mississippi state, like he did 51 to 10, uh, six and four just ain't going to cut it for us right now. So no, I guess I, you're right. When you, I know you, I know you already mentioned it, but right. Six years. Now you think about it for the amount of money they gave him and, and the coach that he was coming from Florida state, even though they obviously started going downhill, <clears throat> probably why he got out of there at the time. Um, he just, I, I just don't think he's got it. Like, I mean, yeah, he won a national championship with, Florida State, and they they had a, a hell of a good roster. He can definitely recruit. I mean, that team was filled with NFL guys from Jameis to Kelvin Benjamin to Dalvin Cook, all these guys that they. So he he can recruit. It, can he develop? Obviously, he hasn't been able to do that really at A and M. So um, right. let, let's get into this week's games. Um, a lot to talk about. Um, playoff implications. Um, Heisman talk. All that stuff. So let's get right into the games, and uh, we'll go from there. So <clears throat> starting off with uh, Thursday night, number eleventh ranked team in the country, Louisville. Taking on Virginia, Louisville ended up winning thirty-one twenty-four. And Jacob, we'll start with you, boy. Yeah, this one was uh, kind of surprisingly closer than we thought it would be. Because um, <clears throat> again, Louisville was ranked eleventh in the college football playoff rankings, and they were um, eight and one coming into this. And Virginia was two and seven. So, okay, you, you think about those numbers, and you're like, wow, how did this game end up being thirty-one twenty-four? Um, uh, Virginia's just been playing with some heart the past couple of weeks, man. They, they've they've played a couple of people um, a lot closer. They've been covering a lot more than we thought they would. Um, uh, they they lost to Miami two weeks ago by just three. They they beat North Carolina the week before that, so <clears throat> they kind of played pretty well the past several weeks. But um, I think Louisville just kind of hung on um, and just stayed alive, and that's what they really needed to do uh, against any team right now because they they are the one team that has the chance to still you know, play Florida state in the ACC championship. And, uh, and if they beat them, I mean, they're going to be sitting there possibly 12 and one and they'll, they'll be right there, maybe six, seven, around there in the playoff and possibly can make it as a four seed. Um, it's kind of a long shot, but they did what they needed to do. It wasn't the prettiest, um, but they still got a bunch of really good players. I mean, Jahar Jordan and, and, uh, um, Jamari Thrash, those are the two guys I, I wouldn't mind seeing in the playoff. Um, they could somehow beat Florida State, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But um, just survive in advance. That's where we're at in the season, honestly, aren't we, boys? Yeah, uh, pretty much everything you just said, Jacob. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of odd, you know. But Virginia's been playing some weird football as of late, so you know maybe we should have seen it coming. Uh, at least JC saw it. He had Virginia covering, so good call on that. But um, yeah, I mean, shoot, this part of of the season, man, you're trying to go to, you know, a conference championship winning is obviously the most important thing. And Louisville is still doing it. We're seeing teams all across the nation that are, that were contenders for the, the, their respective conference championships and they're dropping the ball and may not be going to a championship anymore. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. And I know there's a couple turnovers for Louisville, and um, you know, I'm sure they, you know, don't feel very happy about their performance. But again, a win's a win. Also, shout out to what was his Paris Jones? Was that the running back's name? I think that was his name, right? Yes, yeah. Uh took a nasty little shot, kind of a freak thing. Looked like he was unconscious, was carted off, and he didn't really gain consciousness till till he got to the hospital. So, you know, thoughts with him. Hopefully he's all right. But yeah, man. Um it's weird football, especially on Thursday, man. Thursday night football can call some weird stuff. So uh it's a good win for Louisville, even though it's not against a, a great team. Yeah, I would say, I mean, that was kind of what you touched on, Jacob, about Virginia maybe just coming in with, with some momentum, if you will, from some of their previous games or what I touched on. Wasn't as confident in that you didn't know, but that combined with the Thursday night thing is kind of why I led that way or, or leaned that way. So five of their losses um, have been a total of 14 points. They lost by four to North Carolina, I think three to uh, Miami, um, three to Boston College. So like, I've been hard on Virginia um, this year just from, I mean, they're two and eight, but if there's a team that you can actually say that, like, I, I hope that one, I hope they don't find, find fire Tony Elliott. I think give him a couple more years. Give Obviously chance, we know yeah. what he went through last year with the team, but for, for a team that's two and eight, again, I, I am the last person to try to give out like moral victories or anything <laughs> like that. But like, if you look at what this team has possibly accomplished, so they lose by one point to James Madison, you see what they're doing. Um, probably a top 15 team uh, if they were able to actually play in the playoffs this year lose to nc state by three lose to boston college by three uh i'm sorry they beat north carolina that's right forgot about that so they beat north carolina um lost to miami in double overtime and then you know louisville who's one of the hottest teams in the country and they, and they lose by a touchdown so again not not a fan of more victories but if you're this virginia team and tony elliott in the program you do have somewhere to look and show recruits like hey we are competing in the acc we are We've beaten good teams. Um, you, you know, North Carolina struggled, but they're kind of back up now, right? Coming beat beat Duke. Uh, a game we'll get to, and obviously got a tough test, tough test next week for Clemson. But if I'm telling Elliot, man, uh, you got something to tell your recruits. I mean, the, the final record is not going to be what where they want it to be, but just the way they played down the stretch, man, I could give them props on that. Um, let's move on from them, and let's move on to the rest of the top twenty-five starting on Saturday. So. Um, the number one team in the country still, Ohio State. Guys, we won't even have to touch on this long. Um, Ohio State 38, Michigan State 3. Really no surprise there. Ohio State did cover that large spread. Marvin Harrison going absolutely bananas versus that Michigan State defense. No surprise. I think he uh, eclipsed 1,000 yards again. Um, so he's, he's done this multiple th- times in his career. So shout out to old Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, but yeah, you got anything on that, Jacob? Yeah, to to go off of your Marvin Harrison thing, I think he's like four or maybe five career touchdowns uh, behind Chris Olave for the most receiving touchdowns in Ohio State history, and he's got at least four more regular season games or two more regular season games than a Big Ten championship and then possible playoffs. So he could easily easily go over there and beat that. Um, but yeah, this was a a route uh, Michigan State not. It doesn't have. They've had a lot going on themselves. We talk about Virginia. They've had even more going on this year. Um, good to see Ohio State continue to do this defensively. Um, we obviously know how good of a defense they've had so far this year. Um, but Seacal McCord have a very efficient day. Twenty four, thirty one, uh, no picks, three touchdowns. It, it was a good day all around for OSU. So big win for them. 
Yeah, I don't have much to add. Y'all, y'all pretty much nailed everything. I did think Michigan State would have a little bit more fight to them as far as maybe score a little more points, help me with that, that cover with that giant spread. It was not the case. I lost that one too. Yeah, when you when you throw for less than 100 yards in a football game against a really good defense, yeah, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a rough day. Um, and y'all y'all were talking Harrison Jr. He's now third in the Heisman odds uh, at plus 500. So yeah, we talked about it a few weeks ago. I think. JC, you brought it up like, you know, what's the chance to see he gets uh, selected to go down there and uh, be one of the top three to maybe win the Heisman. It's looking like it, it could happen, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Hold on, Clint. You said he's third, so who? what quarterback out of these three is behind him then? Is it Bo Nix that's behind him? Uh, it is Jaden Daniels. Behind? So, so you got yep. Nix? Look, You're he's gotta, he's, me. He's got to jump one of them, dude. He's got to. Harrison? So He's got to, bro. He's he, doing crazy. Like, And it's not like, not only is he doing crazy shit, like, everyone knows that's who's getting the ball. And they're still, and yeah, still dude, fighting. Y'all want to know, ah. know. And I'm, I'm with you, Jacob. Like, I, the things that, and we'll talk about it later when we get to the game, uh, what, what Jaden Daniels has been doing this year. But the reason why he's not getting quite as much love as we think he deserves is because he's playing for a team that is. Go ahead. I know. No, 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 no. So this, this is my thing. No, no, no. But no, no. I, okay, my I'm bad. You, that's if, the if reason. We're going off that. If we're going off that, I would rather have Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, and Marvin Harrison as my three in New York right now. I would have. I would, I would take out Bo Nix. Oh no, dude! I would have those three quarterbacks. One, two, three. Those three in New York. Yeah, but and then I know, Harvard, always have Harrison quarterbacks. Be at four. I agree. Yeah, he, he's got to get to New York, man. We got to get Marvin Harrison. New we can bring four. The, the, can he? The car I don't can know. Fit four. No, I, I think it's just three. I think <laughs> they got three. I think it's three finalists, man. This ain't no Uber X, baby. This Dude, it used to three. be four and possibly five back in the day. What, what happened to that? Uh, it's actually a, it's a it's a coupe. So they can't fit four. But dude, so I don't want to hear about Jaden Dan. He's honestly my number one right now. I don't want to hear about oh, he's not on a great team, whatever, because RG3, I'm telling you that's why they're doing it though. Yeah, but well, that's know, but how it goes. RG three won the Heisman back in twenty eleven when Baylor went ten and three. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman in twenty sixteen when yeah. Louisville went nine mm-hmm. and four. Caleb Williams won it fucking last year when they went eleven and three. And they were not yeah, he I, was not I, on, I will like, say the Caleb Williams ones doesn't surprise me based off stats and how he played. I feel like last year he didn't have a lot of Heisman moments, if you will. But uh RG3, Heisman moments. Lamar Jackson, Heisman moments. Like I can, I vividly remember those. They and weren't I in can, like can, wins though. I mean, those yeah, were no, in wins. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dude, you, that game, RG3, I think they're playing, who was it, West Virginia? I forgot who it was, but some of those throws he made, like yeah. just mul- I mean, multiple times he had Heisman moments. Lamar, Heisman moments. That game versus Clemson where they lost, I mean, absolutely crazy. He, he's going off. I don't think, Honestly, dude, it, it seems that we haven't had a lot of those recently because everyone's been slipping. Like, Penix had his chance. We'll talk about this game if he did enough this week to kind of propel that. But, like, in some of his biggest moments, the team has kind of not... I mean, it's it's all relative, right? Like, he's, he put up such gaudy numbers that, like, us saying he's not doing good is, is still a hell of a game for other people. But I I would... I think Jaden Daniels, if you look at the way he's running the ball and throwing it, is probably the best player in the nation. Well, arguably... But you could say the same about Caleb Williams in the team. Like, <laughs> Define Heisman. Yeah, but you know how it is, man. You no, know, I know. So it's going to be like one of those top, like, it's going to be one of those guys going to be on the, in the playoffs, I would think anyways. But like, that's why I think they might give Marvin the nod over a Jaden Daniels or somebody else. I think, yeah. I think if Oregon loses to Washington State again, that Bo Nix won't be in there. That yeah, might be I, it. Yeah. I could see that, but he's put up gaudy numbers too. I would he take has, those three quarterbacks. Has, but like, what is like? But is there Harrison. like a moment you've watched this year and been like, 
LSU, like, dude, like Jay no, 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 not LSU. The, no, uh, oh no, Mo, LSU definitely has it. Like Oregon, have you been like? Do you like remember like Bo Nix plays this year? Like I can already point to a few Marvin Harris juniors where he's like made plays that have like won them ball games. I mean, I see what you're saying, but like he threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns in this last game. Like he's been doing that but, but that's, steadily yeah, but all if, year. Yeah, but people are putting up stupid stats. If you want to say it's not route, flashy, but it's like a lot of times, like you're saying, the Heisman's like the best player on the best team. And I think we believe Oregon's probably the best West Coast team. It was like, it was one of the years like I forgot who won it this year. It might have been like Mario, but like Melvin Gordon ran for like eighteen hundred yards at Wisconsin. Like broke all the running back records. It was like you know, he's not gonna win it. Like, I get that, but like it's stupid. It, like, if you flip flop put Bo Nix on LSU and put Jay Daniels on Oregon, Jay Daniels would be the one over Bo Nix in my mind. Like it would just because he yeah, has we've already we've already record. seen Bo Nix in the SEC. Not as good. <laughs> well, this is a different Bo Nix now for sure. That's what I'm saying. But, uh, well, no, I agree. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I'm just looking at it from how the Heisman does their thing. Like, yeah, no, I, yeah. There's yeah. probably five quarterbacks you should put in there, but it's it, it doesn't like always who go who to is the. Who who is the receiver? I forget his name. That won the Heisman, like the first receiver in like forever. That, uh, that won the Heisman at Bama. What's yeah? He's on the Eagles now. Oh, Devonta Smith. Yeah, yeah. Devontae Smith. Yeah. yeah. If if he was for some nine and four team that year, or nine and three team, whatever. But, but the thing is, like, there's no chance he would have won the Heisman. Like that's Devontae, just how it works, man. You got to be on a team that's at least like in a conference championship or close to it or something like that for a receiver. But and this is the thing. I mean, for anybody. I mean, we're talking about Jaden Daniels right now. If you look at his numbers and actually watch him play, you're like, oh my god! And he's not even top three right now. Now he's you, climbing. Listen, by the end of the year, he's still even if LSU doesn't, you know, kind of finish out super strong. He's he's putting up these numbers as of late that's so ridiculous. You might not have a choice but to have him top three. I would say Marvin Harrison Jr.'s. I don't know about stat wise is making more of an impact. For his team than Devontae Smith at Alabama because they were so loaded at receiver. He's just blowing by people. And Marvin Harrison is just jumping over everybody, making every catch. And I don't know how the stats compare. Um, it was also during like COVID year, I think. So it kind of skewed a little bit as well. I mean, Harrison, I got, I got to put it right now. Corny ESPN, he's seventh in total receiving yards. Um, Actually, in that case, put, put X up there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, now you lose that argument. Unless you know, he's, I mean, he's 59 receptions, 100 or 1,063 yards. 20, yeah. 12, he's 27th of receptions. He has 59 yeah, catches for 1,000 yards. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Normally, if you have 1,000 yards, you have like at least 75 catches. Averaging 18 yards per catch. That's yeah. Insane. Which is, where are you? I personally think Kyle McCord will hold him back. I know they've just been feeding the ball left and right, but I mean, if he was playing with freaking Limbo Nix or something, my God. I, I, I would agree with that as well. I Yeah, hard to argue. But they still got two more weeks to prove it, so we'll see what happens. This is, yeah, we're going to get, so that's the thing, like, we're going to get a Heisman moment here when the next couple weeks when the, like, so Ohio State, Michigan. Oh, that, how do we even leave out McCarthy in this whole conversation? How are we doing that? Because of what they did last game, and they didn't even use McCarthy. So you know his team's damn good. I mean, we're about to get to Michigan well, here right. in a second, but Michigan just ran the ball 32 straight times. Didn't even need J.J. McCarthy in that. Yeah, that is kind of God crazy. dang it. You're taking all my know. stats. Sorry. Or my, uh, my talking voice. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> not wrong. No. Not yeah, wrong. I agree. And dude, McCarthy's not flashy in the slightest. you got to have a, like at least a little bit of flash. Exactly. And I would keep like, him at like six or seven. Hey, what is, what is not like too far back. The, the problem is he hasn't played any fourth quarter. We've barely seen him play because mm-hmm. they've been just destroying yeah. everybody. Yep. Which, you know, I'm sure he'd rather have it that way. Um, all right. 
Well, let's move on. We'll have more games that will have probably some Heisman talk in them as well. Let's move on. Number two team in the nation, Georgia, taking on Ole Miss. I believe they were like 10-point favorites, if you will, 10.5 maybe. Um, yeah, I believe it's 10.5 is what it closed at. I mean, final score, 52-17 Georgia. Brock Bowers did make a return, um, which I think Ladd McConkey probably benefited off this the most if you just saw this, some of the highlights that he made. But mm-hmm. um, just real quick, and I'm, not, I'm hopefully not taking anybody's stats. If you, just, if you look at the team stats, don't even look at the score, just team stats, you look at the team that puts 600 yards up with total offense, you're thinking that's Ole Miss, right? Even if they lost, because they've done that. I was thinking the LSU mm-hmm. Ole Miss game, something like that, right? It's 600 yards total offense, talking 300 on the, on the ground, 300 in the air. That's Georgia for you. So this is like, this is Georgia's like first, like they put it all together. Like, I don't know how you guys feel. <laughs> I kind of like went in this year knowing Georgia's maybe going to fall one time, right? Maybe in the SEC championship game. But at this point, which obviously we can get into a million what ifs. They run the table and dominating teams like this, and then if they lose to Alabama, I still don't know how you lead them out if they continue this run at the end of the year. Like they're absolutely dominating. I mean, fifty-two seventeen versus one of the top offenses in the country. We already talked about this is the best defense they've faced, but I don't think we thought they were going to put fifty-two on them and then you know hold Ole Miss to seventeen. Jacob, did this game surprise you based on the final score or just the fact that like Ole Miss is we knew they had a bad defense and Georgia's defense is that good? Like. How did you kind of feel? Because to me, this this kind of shocked me that the amount of points that Georgia put up and the the margin of victory. I would say no, it doesn't. But then again, I would be a liar if people actually listened to the pod uh, because I did pick Ole Miss to cover the ten and a half. Um, so, but this in a way it doesn't shock me because Georgia's been doing this. They, they've surprisingly had like a top three offense, I think, all year long, and they they like you said put up like six hundred total yards of offense in this game. Um, but we knew Ole Miss defense wasn't that good. But I, I think we kind of forget, too, that I think Ole Miss had, like, a little bit of a distractions kind of coming into this week because of the whole – that one kid that, like, wanted to blame mental health and, like, got kicked off the key, the team and everything. Like, Kevin had to do that whole thing. Right. So, they had, like, a little bit of a distraction there. Um, still, that doesn't give you any excuse to lose 52-17. to 17. Um, I think this is kind of what – is Lane Kiffin basically the James Franklin of the SEC? I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, probably. Just can't win the big one. He definitely can't. Yeah. You're, he's, and James Franklin was in the SEC for, the, for a minute there. Yeah. He was on he was Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's good. Yeah. But that's, so, how, I mean, you're not going to win anything there. Yeah. I, I just kind of can't, I'll talk my head. And that, that actually makes a lot of sense. But, um, yeah, this, this kind of, this is the perfect path for the people who love the SEC. I'm not calling you out, just all the people that love the SEC. If Georgia loses to Bama, especially in a close one um, in the last game of the season, then uh, the, is, that's not the championship game. They have two more, or is that already set in stone now? Is that why this is on their no, schedule? It, it, it is set in stone now. Okay, so, okay. Yep. But it, regardless, if Georgia loses, especially a close one, and that, that's how Georgia and Bama both get in, depending on what else happens. But, the, but see, but, that's my problem. I agree with that statement. The problem is this year, we don't have enough room for everybody because then if you're talking, if Texas runs the table, they're a champion and they've beat Alabama, right? And then yeah. you're gonna get Oregon and Washington and Ohio State. Like, are is Ohio State, Michigan in the same boat? Or now are we looking at their strength of schedule? If if Ohio State, I think know, if beats Michigan and Michigan wins a con, like, dude, there's gonna it's gonna somebody's getting left. It's gonna out. be tight. Yeah, that it's gonna be tight. But I I think if Louisville somehow beats Florida State, that, that's they're taking the ACC out of it. I think Louisville's looked good enough all year 
to make that fourth. And because Florida State especially hadn't been like blowing people out the past couple of weeks, um, they just kind of been floating by a little bit. But um, yeah, it's going to be tight for sure. I don't know. Let me let me guess who is fifth in the Heisman odds as of right now. It's not Carson Beck. If it is, I'm going to slap my foot. Jordan Travis. All right. Well, pull your foot up and give it a good old slap, dude. Because it's Carson Beck, here, boys. Bro. Yep. So top five is. Uh, Bo Nix at minus one fifty, then Penix at number two at plus two two uh, hundred fifty. First right now, yeah. Uh, Harrison Jr. at plus five hundred. That's at third, and then fourth, Jaden Daniels at plus eight hundred, and then Carson Beck at fifth at plus three thousand. Uh, if Carson Beck, this is going back to like your team has to at least win the vast majority of the games for you to be even considered. Because if Carson Beck was on LSU, there's no chance. We're oh, talking no, about no shot. Carson Beck being a Heisman candidate. Uh, not that he's bad, uh, but he's not elite. He's just he's also on a really good team that's winning a loss. Who's getting a lot of exposure? Obviously, going to go to the conference championship. LSU can't really say that. So, uh, I'm just you know kind of bringing up something to poke the bear, I guess, with Jacob again. I don't even <laughs> know why I'm so mad at the Bo Nix because I keep saying how good Oregon is. Just for some reason in my head, like I feel like. Again, this is probably going back to what I've said multiple times. Like, I think I have like a Bo Nix thing because of what I watched a lot in the SEC of him being average. Yeah, but obviously I, putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I feel you there. Uh, and like we kind of talked about the flash element too. I mean, he does have like flashy moments, but it's nothing like. It's not like Daniels. It's not like Penix. Yeah. Like, there's not quite as much flash. But he's still, he's completing like almost. I want to say it's almost eighty percent of his passes. Yeah, which is like insane. double what he was doing in the beginning of his college career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we broke that down one episode. Yeah, yeah Bo Nix, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, back to the game. No, I'm not really surprised. I, I, I didn't, I thought Ole Miss would be able to score a little bit more than this. Um, you know, they didn't even, they scored a single field goal in the second half. Georgia, you know, shut them down. This is, like you said, for, you know, that, that this kind of output offensively, while not surprising as if you've been paying attention all year, it's still like Jesus, like Georgia, they're they're definitely good. Like we we talked about them maybe not being as good as years past, but gosh, they're they're still really good. A very balanced, three hundred pass and three hundred rushing. That that's exactly what you want out of a out of a football team. So yeah. We'll see them in the conference championship. Oh man. You know, and, and looking at this next game, it's kind of we, we kind of got back to I feel like Big Ten football, besides maybe Iowa, and, and like seriously in this topic, Big Ten football has kind of gone way of now we're high spread or spread offense, like high storm, yada, yada. But this next game, uh, one of the more anticipated games, Michigan finally planned um, a ranked opponent, seems like for the first time, maybe this year, um, taking on Penn State, then it went in 24 to 15. Both teams throw for less than 100 yards. Jacob, you kind of made that point earlier. I don't think McCarthy completed a pass or even attempted one in the second half maybe attempted a couple um obviously a lot of stuff going on with the jim harbaugh thing as he was on the plane he gets informed that he's suspended for three games which Jesus. i will say seems does seem like a pretty uh coward move by the uh who whatever big, big ten, 10 commissioner whoever made this yeah. move that you can't call this man and figure it out um but this 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 kind of and mccarthy said it after the game this Reminded me of the old school kind of Big Ten football, right? Like, I don't think this is a knock on Michigan for for this game. I think both teams have really good defenses. Um, I think Michigan's offense is still 
really good. They they showed flash of that, and they have the run game and the old school kind of big offensive lineman to go get it done and win this type of game. I think that's why they're one of the most dangerous teams in the country because I feel like they can win wh- whichever way you need them to. But Jacob, give me your take on this game and Michigan pulling out a, a pretty close game, kind of, if you will. Yeah, Michigan was favorite four and a half and they did cover. Um, It still was a close game. It was a non-point game. But uh, yeah, this was, I think, I mean, you saw the, I don't know if y'all saw the the head coach or the uh, acting head coach, I forgot his name, for Michigan that was like crying. Yeah. After he was like, man, I love Bro, he was Marble. cussing all that the TV. Was I was like, so ridiculous. Shit. Well, he was yeah. like, yeah, he was, he was dropping the F-bomb, and he was like thanking the AD, thanking the president, <laughs> thanking, you know, the McDonald's employee that made his hash browns this morning. I was like, dude, what is going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, dude. I was sitting there kind of like, I was about to send you guys a video, but I was so enamored by the fact that I was like, is this really happening? Then all of a sudden, I was like, is this guy like okay? Like, is he? Maybe he just knows he just made millions for you know winning one game as an interim coach or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What. <laughs> Probably because he'll he'll go get a a small job somewhere maybe and make millions, like you said. Um, this this wasn't a surprising result to me, but the way that Michigan did it, I think y'all both are alluding to. Um, just thirty two straight rushes. They just went straight old school. Um, and like I I said, you know, in the in the preview in the other pod, you know. Penn State in their locker rooms and and in their weight rooms and stuff had the number four eighteen all over the whole place for the whole offseason because that's how many yards that Michigan ran for on Penn State last year, um and they still kind of came in and they didn't run for that many, um still ran for two hundred twenty seven which is still not a good defensive game because Penn State was number one in the nation against the run and you know they they shut down Ohio State pretty decently um, when they played them so. This is a really good defense, and uh, Michigan just said, okay, here you go. Have a plate full of it, and they, they still just kind of dominated, which shows, honestly, how Michigan's been beating Ohio State the past couple of years. They've just been more physical than a lot of teams, and this is what we thought Michigan really was this year, and they've they certainly proved it. They, they didn't do it flashy, but like I said, they just they've crushed everybody they played and uh, just came in here and just out-physical Penn State, which is saying a lot because, like I said, the defense is just – it's something else. So, uh, this is a very big win, honestly, for is the committee looking at them. Um, but it, it still is going to come down to that Ohio State game, obviously. But uh, yeah, this is Michigan show they could do it whatever. Normally, when people when teams show, yeah, we could do whatever. We can throw the ball too. It's normally they have to show they could throw it. And Michigan's like, nah, we're just going to show you that we can run it right down your throats for for the whole game. And they did it. Yep. So. It's honestly kind of crazy, too, just how it all played out. They were like, all right, fine. Like, we're just going to load up this O-line seven deep with nothing but beef and just run it down your throat. Like, it, just the way it played out. And I get the scores, like, kind of close, but it really was. If you watch the game, th- this Michigan O-line absolutely dominated. It, yeah. There was nothing Penn State could do. And that's what's the funniest part is, like, it was like, yeah, we'll, we'll just run it. We're, we're, we'll run it 32 times in a row so you know it's coming and there's still nothing you can do about it. And even if you do happen to stop that, your off Penn State's offense isn't near good enough to really do much against Michigan's defense anyway. So it's almost like Penn State was just between a rock and a hard place and had no way out, which is kind of crazy. I do have some Penn State, or not Penn State, James Franklin stats for you if, if y'all are ready. Hit me with it. All right, James Franklin. Jacob, you made the, the comment about not winning the big games. James Franklin is one in six versus top ten teams at home. Five and nine versus ranked teams at home. That's just ranked. 
and then one and eight versus top five teams. So back to your statement, like, yeah, that, that kind of rings true, man. They just now is not that, win the is big that ones. During, was that during his time at Penn State or does that include Vanderbilt? No, that's 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 just Penn State. Okay, I was gonna say because that's kind of an unfair yeah. thing. If you're no offense, if you're the coach of Vanderbilt, well, he also he also wasn't that game. bad at Penn State. No. Vanderbilt was actually respectable when he was there. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's how he got the job. But overall, yeah. like starting out, that's you're probably not winning a bunch of. Yeah, yeah. those are there. those are very good stats to have, honestly. But I think I've heard that like obviously Franklin's not good against these these other you know big teams and stuff. But I think he has covered. He's he's been like right there to cover these games a lot. He doesn't win these games, but he covers these games. So I think a lot of people know what this team is and know who James Franklin is. So like the betting markets get it close every time, but he's not just winning those games. So I don't think he's like, you know, overrated or or whatever. I think he's right where he should be in my mind, though. Like okay, so if you're a Penn State fan, I mean, I know the conferences are the sorry the divisions are going away, but if you're a Penn State fan, you've been playing in the East with. Michigan and Ohio State. Do you really think you could do much better than what you've been doing? I mean, you still have a great team. It's just you're running into juggernauts. I mean, that's the, yeah. They play third fiddle to them for yeah. And a I get that could be super frustrating, but like who who's going to do much better than that? Like I, I just I don't know what coming from I, the grave. Urban Meyer to Penn State, dude, that'd be crazy. Oh, or Jimbo Fisher goes to or Jim, dude, oh, no, Jimbo Fisher yeah. goes to Penn State. Jimbo will run that program into the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna go from playing third fiddle at in the SEC West and going to the Big Ten to play third fiddle again. Yeah. Oh man! No, I mean I'm I'm with you, Clint. I don't think he's a. I mean, look, you're they are ranked what top ten at a, a solid team where they were top ten, um, a solid team. But yeah, you gotta you got you have a a, a two game window kind of, especially with with yeah. some of the teams being down. But like you gotta be able to beat. Michigan or Ohio State, if you're going to want to get out of that conference. And that's just kind of the <laughs> way it is. I mean, there ain't really that's much, a, much another team that's going to, another team that's going to benefit from, um, you know, the divisions going away is a team like Penn State because for years they've, they've obviously drawn the short straw and having to play, you know, Michigan and Ohio State every year. So, yeah. And they're still playing decent bowls even when they don't beat these teams. Like last year, what did they play? The freaking, yeah, they beat Utah in the Rose Bowl last year. I think their fans were probably pretty happy about that. But just making that next no, leap yeah, is hard. Yeah, you're right, man. They're still a really good team. A borderline great team. It's just, I mean, you're losing to elite teams at this point. Like, what, yep. what can you do, you know? That's I mean, right. I hope to be there one day, to be in that mind space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully sooner around later. All right, well, let's move on. Um, let's move on to the ACC. Florida State coming in ranked number four in the college football playoff rankings, taking on Miami, Florida State with the 27-20 win. Um, they look good, man. Keon Coleman came back, made a bunch of plays. They had Johnny Wilson there as well. So pretty much a full team as far as their uh, like offensive weapons go, able to pull out a, a close in there Miami. I thought Miami was going to have a chance at the end to maybe tie it in the, in the overtime, but didn't quite have it. Jacob, what you got on this game? Yeah, this was a... Uh kind of a surprise because i picked florida state to to cover in this game and the line was uh 14 um so obviously wrong there i miami's just been a hard team to judge this year and it's been mostly because of their quarterback play but um they they went with uh freshman emory williams i believe um but uh he ended up 
getting hurt with it. Something happened to his left arm in the, in the few last few minutes uh, while trying to run for a first down. So that kind of stopped their momentum there to, to make, make the comeback. It seems like, um, but that's what I've been saying. Like Florida state seems to be just kind of escaping and they had Keon Coleman and um, Johnny Wilson back for this game too. And they've just kind of yep. been slightly escaping, but I can't be two faced and say, you know, um, you know, they just they just pulled this out like Louisville, like just kind of keep winning here. And that's what they did here. They just they just won by one score. Um, So for Florida State, that's really all they needed. And uh, maybe Keon Coleman and Johnny, Johnny Wilson were 100 percent. So um, they just want to make it to that ACC championship and uh, and see what they can do from there. Yeah, uh, that that arm injury uh, with Emory actually did look kind of kind of bad. He was as they're carting him off, he was in tears and usually. If you if you watch football, when you see guys getting carted off the field in tears, it's usually not because of the pain; it's because they know they're they're at least their season's over, or maybe more. Uh, obviously, we're hoping he comes back healthy, uh, probably you know next year. But yeah, no, this uh, I'm actually the Miami defense played pretty well this game. I mean, you know, we kind of talk shit about Miami a bit, rightfully so sometimes, but their defense actually showed up and helped uh, held a you know a, a pretty good Florida State offense. Um, uh, back at least from what they've been able to do, you know, at other times in the season. So, shout out to that defense. But you know, the other side of the ball, Miami's just not that good of offense, and um, even Florida State. I mean, they don't have a great defense, but they have enough to, you know, kind of keep a Miami team that doesn't that's been struggling offensively to, to keep them back and be able to pull out a win even when they aren't able to score as much themselves. So, yeah, good win for Florida State. Um, we 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 talked about the playoffs, man. You know Georgia and Alabama and one loss teams getting in, but we still got a Florida State team that's unbeaten. So there has to be room for them, room for them as well. So it's gonna be interesting how, how this playoff stuff play. You know, kind of comes to the forefront and how how this gets voted because they're guaranteed. There's gonna be some upset fans regardless. Dude, imagine if Miami had a quarterback. I said this for years before. <laughs> I mean, go. I mean, take out like the Joe Burrow, like couple years transferred in. Like LSU had that problem for years. Like besides Jamarcus Russell, even in those years where they were really, really good, they just didn't have a guy to get them over the hump. And and Miami's had that for years, man. They've had some decent teams. Um, and they've had some decent guys who have made plays at the quarterback position, but they just have not had a guy. And I think if they had a guy this year, that you know, one, their record would be a lot better too. They probably would have pulled out this one. Um, if you just look at kind of how those how the game went, but. Yeah. Let's move on to one of the, I would say the the most exciting game of the weekend. Um, Washington taking on Utah. Washington coming in ranked number five. Utah number eighteen. Um, Thirty five points scored between the two teams in the second quarter. Then you get to the fourth quarter, no one scored at all. A back and forth affair, all like like up until that point, and then it was just kind of like a all right, who's going to actually figure this one out? Uh, but yeah, a hell of a game. I was surprised. <clears throat> I, I took Washington to uh to kind of win by multiple scores. I thought the way Oregon. Um, handled Utah the previous weeks that this would be kind of indicative to that and this Washington team would kind of go out and dominate but not the case shout out to Utah for for hanging in there and their defense really showed out and um, they stuck to one quarterback this time Bryson Barnes who actually ended up being their leading rusher as well kind of surprising but Jacob what did you make of this game man this like I said t- to me the, the most exciting game that I watched this weekend I'd say besides Carolina beating up on Bandy yeah man this was uh, the other game I watched right after the Clemson game and uh, it was back and forth, man. Um, uh, Like I said, until the very end where it just seems like both teams are just trying to hang on. And I like J- JC, I think you've been kind of on with Bryson Barnes. Like he's actually played pretty well. 
um, turned around and, and played pretty well. I wasn't really expecting Utah to be able to hang with Washington, but I think that kind of says something about I, I don't know, Utah just put up, what, 55 points on um, Arizona State or something like that the week before, so but that was funny because that's why I, I was taking Washington win by a bunch and you were telling me that they just scored a bunch of points and I was just kind of like dismissed it like, ah, not a big thing. But obviously, yeah, I should have listened to you. Well, no, you shouldn't listen to me most of the time. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so like Penix is uh, he, another just solid game. Um, I'd still think he's second in the Heisman maybe behind, you know, whatever we'll get in that again later. Um, don't get me fired up about that again. But uh, Dylan Johnson looked like he's really kind of found his way. He had that really big game last week. And I think that I saw on the, uh, heard on the broadcast, that was like his first 100-yard rushing game like ever. Um, like he didn't run for 100 yards in, in high school either or something like that. So I did see that as well. You're right. Yeah, so another 100-yard game for him. It. Exactly. A really good time to do it. And, uh, dude, Romeo Dunsey is just – he is a beast. You know, when it looks like the NFL scouts, everybody's going to drool over Marvin Harrison um, when it comes to just the, the the recruiting and everything for or the scouting, I guess, for for the draft. But, dude, Romeo Dunsey, he's just a bigger body. Just like he's just physical. He reminds me of uh, Chase, Jamar Chase, a little bit. Um, so, I mean, he's going to be a steal for somebody in the draft because, you know, Harrison's going to get all the, the pub there. But, um, this game was fun to watch. Uh, Washington again hangs on and finally gets over the hump against Utah. And uh, Utah still had a really solid season, man. Seven and three, just kind of chugging along. But um, yeah, Washington, like you said, Florida State's right there, ten and zero. This is going to be real close. That whoever's five and six, maybe even seven, is going to be highly pissed this year when it comes to the last playoff rankings. I this this Washington defense is kind of suspect. I, I mean. Bryson Barnes shouldn't score his first four drives. Like that's not the kind of quarterback that he is. It's, it's Utah is definitely mostly relying on defense. Y'all, y'all mentioned it. Um, and this is kind of the case we've seen with Washington this last few games. Is that their defense is it's kind of suspect, and I think that's why it's looking more likely that you know in the inevitable rematch that looks like it's going to happen is Oregon's going to be favored. Uh, in this conference championship because Oregon seems to just be getting better and Washington is kind of stuttering here a little bit. Obviously, still a big win. It's a ranked win. Utah's a tough defense and they scored points. Um, but yeah, it looks like what they do too with uh, Penix is obviously he has the big numbers and he's a very good quarterback, but it's almost impossible. I won't say impossible. It is hard for him not to have big numbers because they just keep sh- like firing down the field. If he, he when he misses, he doesn't miss short. He misses like long, long and hard, like he'll overthrow guys. Um, but they don't care. They're like, whatever. Hey, hey, I, I see your face. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. Uh, uh, long and hard. Yeah, and um, it, it's they don't care. They just keep they just keep going back to it. Like it, whatever. Just keep throwing the ball, and that's why you, you kind of see some of these ridiculous numbers, dude. Imagine if. Harrison Jr. Had, was on this team, like had like a competent offensive quarterback to to work with, and had picks or somebody like him thrown to him all the time. Oh my god, that'd be crazy. But yeah, you're right. Dinsey is very very good. Um, yeah, this like you mentioned, some some stuff's gonna have to fall for this this playoff stuff to kind of work out because uh, otherwise it's starting to turn into a logjam. Yo, it's it's definitely gonna be that. We are I keep saying I want chaos and I think we are well on our way 
to get chaos. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Let's stay, stick with the Pac-12, though. Uh, number six, Oregon, taking on unranked Southern Cal. It kind of feels good to say. Oregon won 36-27. Um, I was almost laughing earlier, because I know, you, Jacob, you brought up Bo Nix and Marvin Harrison Jr., PNT, but I don't know what recording that was on tonight. You also brought up Bo Nix throwing for 400 yards, which I think was on this one that we're doing now. So Bo Nix throws for 400 yards. They win. Um, they don't cover the spread. I think that was, what was it, 15-ish? Yeah, it was 15, I believe. 15. Um, somewhere around there. They did not cover yep, the spread. Um, there, but look, still a big win. Um, and, and like we talked about, Bo Nix still putting up big stats there. So what you got on this one? Yeah, dude. Uh, that's why I think Bo Nix is honestly. That's why I, I just have to put him over Harris right now because I, I. It just sounds bad to say, it. and I won't keep going down this Heisman talk. But for this game, yeah, four hundred twelve yards. But I know it was against air. You know, USC's defense has basically been air this year. Um, but he he did it. I mean, you can't you can't say much more. than okay, he did it. Uh, so, but yeah, the Oregon. I feel like this this wasn't as close as it looked to be. Um, USC tried to make a quick comeback and scored thirteen points in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's what happens when you have Caleb Williams. No matter what's been happening, he's still been chugging away and throwing um, dimes, and he still looks like a really damn good prospect. Um, you know, he's. I think he's probably like, well, I don't know, Clint. Maybe if he was still maybe tenth in the Heisman ranking or something like that, Caleb Williams. But I mean, he's still putting a hell of a put up a putting up a hell of a year. Um, so, but this Oregon defense, man, you just can't run on them. Um, it takes a Heisman level quarterback to be able to throw on them. Uh, I think Oregon's like the complete package. So, yeah, I think, I think if I'm counting this right, I think Caleb's either 10th or 11th for the Heisman odds at plus 12,000 uh, tied with Drake May. Um, is Dylan Gabriel in that list? Yeah, he's just ahead of Drake May at Damn, plus after last 10, game yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, kind of what we expect out of this game. I know, I know that Oregon didn't cover the spread. USC was able to score a little bit. You know, kind of expected. It's not. It's obviously still a big win. USC. You know, you we talk smack about them not having a defense, but they could still score. And you know, Oregon was able to hold them down enough to where you know it didn't matter. Um, I, yeah, this whole Bo Nix Heisman talk. I like him. I don't know. Maybe it's just a story is playing part of it, but I mean he's so super like smart too and efficient. Like not it's not just like his accuracy's improved drastically. Like he's you know he's completed seventy seven point seven percent of his passes, but he's only thrown two interceptions and he's uh, has twenty nine touchdowns to his name. So it's like I mean he's just playing ridiculous football right now. Uh, it just so happens that you got guys like Jaden Daniels and Penix Jr. that look a little bit better doing it and maybe have you know couple hundred more yards to their name so yes yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting that you know hey sometimes it goes all the way down to a conference championship where these two guys face off which we'll see in the pac 12 championship we actually it might determine you know who gets that bid so um and yeah, we'll see yeah it's, it's kind of dude I, i'm just i keep saying it but every week seems to be seems to be just kind of there, there's been not that we haven't had crazy upsets, but obviously within the top like four or five teams, there hasn't been any. So it's like we're just kind of waiting to see what, what piece is going to fall yeah. if any. And if and if no one really, I mean, there'll be I won't even say a stumble. Some of these teams will be playing each other very soon. But um, until an, a, another like piece falls or a big upset, which I don't see happening, we're definitely going to get chaos. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the Big Twelve, as we know it. Um, 
Texas taking on TCU. 29-26 game for Texas. Um, Quinn Ewers did come back and play this game. I think we were all kind of surprised by that. It sounded like a game-time decision by the time um, Clint, you notified us of that. Uh, but yeah, a close game. Um, they, they had a, a spread of over 10 points. I don't remember exactly what it was, but TCU kept it close. Does this matter at all, Jacob, as far as their you know, prospects go, or they just they just need to win out and win the conference championship to try to get their spot into the playoff? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, it is about the eye test as well. And uh, you let a team like TCU that's been very bad at uh, points in this season, um, a team that's now four and six, but they're trying to find their way. Um, TCU is. And, and in fact, if y'all remember, they were in the freaking national championship game. Um, and the last team with a losing record this season after playing for the national championship was actually Texas back in 2010. So, they're still trying to find their way after losing some players and, and all that. Um, but I feel like the, the committee will still look at this game if they even do. Um, and it, they'll look at it and be like, okay, well, Texas was up 28, 26 to six or like a minute 48, I think left to go in the third. Um, and TC just kind of stormed back. I, I didn't get to see this game particularly. Um, to know if that was more the reason that TCU came back was more on TCU side or, or maybe more on Texas side. But um, this game was somewhat of a blowout for a while there. And the be- the best thing I think for Texas fans is seeing Quinn Ewers come back and he looked like he didn't really miss a step at all. Um, he kind of came right in. He said he felt amazing after missing the past two games with a shoulder injury. So um, good for that. But I think the thing that's going to really hurt Texas is, and Clint, I, I don't want to really steal this, but it's, kind of common like they, they lose uh jonathan brooks for the rest of the year with a torn acl um that really hurts them uh he had 21 carries and uh, 104 yards and two touchdowns in this game before that happened um and i think he was on pace if not better than uh b john robinson was last year um and you see how he's doing so right yeah that that's really unfortunate for texas and i wonder if the committee will kind of put that in in mind when they're thinking about this team but uh yeah no, you, you didn't steal nothing from me, Jacob. I, I completely forgot about that. I did see that he got hurt, but I, I completely spaced it. So, um, yeah, good point. I've, I'm not, I'm honestly not too worried about Texas. They, they did the kind of thing where they, they did in years past, where they played down to their opponent for, you know, for some reason. They did that here, but I mean, they, they pulled out a win. Like Jacob said, they were, they were, you know, winning by a good bit the vast majority of this game. So, um, I'm not too worried. They might have just take their foot off the gas pedal, you know, dealing with the injury, you know. To, to Brooks and you know maybe trying to baby Ewers just a little bit with his being his first game back um, and TCU kind of stuck back up on him but I'm, I'm not sweating too much they got Iowa State and Texas Tech left and now the, those aren't slouches but I mean I'm they should win both those games so uh, I expect to see Texas you know playing for a conference championship yeah I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one all right let's move on to the SEC Alabama taking on Kentucky um, this game was early on. Uh, it got ugly, and then I thought Kentucky was maybe going to pull back. They got within, uh, I think, within two scores there. Um, but Alabama ended up just showing that uh, they are one of the better teams in the country. I think this is the first time in school history somebody has thrown for three touchdowns and ran for three touchdowns in a game, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, or is that 
No, that no, was I, his team. I, okay, I can't keep up. Right. Milro's been putting up crazy stats this year. So yeah, Milro throws for three, runs for three, first time in school history. Um, and they which is crazy to think about the quarterbacks they've had there, mm-hmm. especially recently because like they. I mean, yeah, if you look at the history of the program, but they haven't had a lot of mobile guys per se. But then, if you, but if you go back to no, I mean, like Jalen and yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, the the uh, and Bryce and um freaking Tua. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, because you would think yeah. even with those guys, even if they're like total dual threats, you would think maybe somewhere on the goal line. But yeah, shout out to him. So six touchdowns, they end up winning 49-21, absolutely dominate Kentucky. It's it's so funny how a narrative can shape how you feel about a team because this Alabama team is, I think if they didn't lose that to Kentucky, like one, they're obviously going to be in the top four and two, you're thinking, oh, here we go again, they're dominating everybody. But that one loss to Texas early on has made it seem like they've been fighting and clawing their way back because they did look kind of, they had that stretch of, a game or two thing things just looked ugly yeah and jacob's just like this is the same old team i see him i see him coming so (laughs) yeah um they are rolling i would be surprised at this point if they don't run the table and beat georgia in the conference championship now that's kind of that 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 isn't easy for me to say given how i just watched the georgia team play because they're playing out of their minds now but man something about the way Milro they finally figured out like hey Let's go. We're, we're a college football team. We're not a pro team. So let's use a guy that maybe might not do it in the NFL. But what do a lot of guys do in colleges? Like, I don't like Jaden Daniels isn't going to do what he's doing now in the NFL. I'm not saying he won't run the ball, but like those kind of gaudy stats from the rushing standpoint, right? Like, it's just that's pretty rare unless you're Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson. I, I would be hard pressed to, to like argue against Alabama not running the table at this point. Jacob, how do you feel? <laughs> you kind of smirking when I said Alabama maybe had been down. Again, that's that's a narrative, right? A media narrative type thing. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't laughing at you, but I, I just, that's honestly the truth. People after that game, and I think even after that game, it was more or less the South Florida game when they played at South Florida and they just struggled through the rain right. there, I believe. Um, they were just like, okay, this Bama team is just not good this year. And I was like, dude, just I want to I want to believe y'all, but just give it time. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna figure it out. And honestly, we were saying at the beginning of the year, like, look at when they couldn't figure out what quarterback they want. Like, look at this Jalen Milro kid. He's fucking built. This dude is jacked and he's fast as lightning. He's probably one of the fastest guys on the team. And like, we're just gonna set them aside. It's like, no, like I, I just didn't never believe that. But um, yeah, Bama's doing what Bama's doing. They they figured it out and they uh, handled Kentucky. Hopefully, like y'all can handle Kentucky next week. Um, we'll see if y'all can do anything close to that. But uh, yeah, I, not a fair fight for Devin Leary. Never has been this year. So I wonder what's going to happen with him after this year. If he'll stay with Kentucky or transfer after. Um, is he not a senior by now? He's got to be right. Um, let me click on his name. He is I think a senior. He's yeah. Be a, yeah, I was going to say, dude. He's okay. been in college. Yeah, I thought he was, I was in yeah. college, which wasn't very long, but it was a long time ago. So. That's true. That's very true. So, but yeah, Bama's looking scary. Um, now they do have to go at Auburn. They play like an FCS school next week, or whatever. But they yeah. um, have to go to to Auburn, and that's never easy. Um, but we think Auburn's down this year. But you know, rivalry week, we'll see what happens. And uh, and they got Georgia, so we'll see. I think it's kind of more of a testament too. It, it, I don't think people were like, it wasn't like Alabama was still scoring like forty and being this year. And people were down on them, like they were actually down. It, it's kind of a testament to how much they've improved. I mean, 
It's like they benched Milrow for an entire game and played Buckner. Like that's how that's how down they were offensively. Now right. their defense has been solid all year. That was the um, season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like I mean, you, you, it's how much they have improved. We talked about. We're like, hopefully they get Milrow back in. Obviously they did, and he's improved every single game. It seems like ever since. Now we're sitting here nine and one Alabama. Who, I, if they play Texas right now, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be favored. Um, and like Jacob was saying, like they, this is just what they do. They improve. Um, and they end up in the conference championship most years and in the playoffs, you know, a lot of years. So, I mean, shout out to them to be able to recover after a really shaky start to the season. You know, they lost to Texas that, the the, the issue with quarterbacks and who we're going to play. And that, that was ugly for a bit, but you know, it doesn't matter now. Cause that was, that was weeks, you know, two and three or whatever. And now we're, we're, we're 10 games in and Alabama's looking like one of the more dominant teams in the nation. So, yeah, big win for them. Kentucky's just not that great. I mean, they, they had a couple games where they rushed the hell out of the ball, but outside of that, you know, it's just, yeah. They didn't really have much of a shot this game, especially with Alabama rolling the way they are. So, um, yeah, who Alabama's got who in the Auburn? Like an FCS school, somebody. Real- I want to say it might be like North Alabama or something. I, I will say the team. I, the, okay. Uh, I'll Make a wish. That's... <laughs> Oh man, that's uh, messed up. No, my bad. They played Chattanooga. They're seven and three. I think okay. uh, Chattanooga actually might be ranked in the FCS. They actually have the uh, SEC playoff game December second, four p.m. on CBS. Already locked in. I didn't even know that was already out. All right. Ready, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. They clinched. But I, I will say, I think, the, I think the biggest matchup is going to be. Uh, Alabama's secondary, because that's what got exposed in the Texas game, right? Probably the biggest reason why they lost. Um, first, Georgia's offense, right, with Brock Bowers now being back in Ladd McConkey, and then if Tremaine Burton comes back, the Alabama product who transferred to... No, wait, that's opposite, right? He was at Georgia once Alabama. Yeah, I'm, I mixed that up. Anyway, but they, they got a bunch of good weapons there at Georgia on the offensive side, so they'll see how Alabama stacks up there in the secondary. Um, well, let's move on to a not-a-close game at all. Um, Jacob, I know I've been starting with you on this, but I just gotta ask Clint a question. Um, Clint, who is the best team in the West? The greatest team, I mean, the greatest team in the West. The greatest team in the West is in the, the West. legend known as the Stanford Cardinals. Right. <laughs> Let you know um, now. The tree. Hey, uh, legends slip up every now and then. Okay. Well, if you call a sixty-two to seventeen loss to a former <clears throat> alleged five-star prospect known as DJ Ukulele. Um, then I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Anyway, but yeah, Oregon State absolutely dominated. They have Washington next week. Um, Finally. Interesting. Not an Oregon State fan, but I'm here for chaos. So we'll see what happens. Jacob, anything to make of this game, or is this just like, eh, well, it's Stanford. You I, know? I don't want to just shrug this off, because who was the team that Stanford beat this year that was kind of a surprise? Was it Colorado? Yeah, they beat they Colorado. Did, they did beat Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, um, they'd be Hawaii, Colorado, and Washington State, but Washington State's kind of fallen off recently, which is kind of sad to see. But uh, yeah, th- I don't want to brush this off because sixty-two seventeen is still wow. Like I don't know if DJ, like you said, I don't even know if he played the fourth quarter because they got two other guys that uh, attempted passes here. Um, like yeah, again, Stanford's three and seven now, so I don't want to say this is a huge thing, but putting up sixty-two, I think they're primed and ready. They they probably wanted to do that even like just confidence for the team because, like you said, they're getting into their 
they're true true two games here and they're already eight and two but um like they got washington and oregon i believe so this is the time to to rise and shine for them if they want to make anything out of the season somebody's got to root for stanford because you two fools won't so hey they'll be nice yeah what if they had jim harbaugh and andrew luck and christian mccaffrey then I would. Oh. Richard yeah, you're, you're, player. You're bandwagoning. All right. I got you. Well, um, no, I was, maybe. I thought Stanford would keep it kind of close. Uh, I was absolutely wrong. But I still, Oregon State, very good team. I don't see, now Washington, they might be able to catch Washington. I don't think they're going to beat Oregon. I really don't put much faith in that, but. This Oregon State team could mess around with uh, Washington. So we t- Washington has a little bit of issues on defense. So if DJU can stay hot and translate that into these two games, you know, like you said, JC, could see some fireworks. And they, they've been running the ball well, too. I mean, that's kind of one of their, their main yeah. speed for winning there. So if they can kind of take control of the clock, maybe keep panics off the field, probably their best bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they could be the chaos maker here. Um, cause I, I'm not looking at the PAC 12 standings right now, but I think USC just only got their second, uh, PAC 12 loss. And if they go through and beat Washington and, and beat Oregon, I, I, whew, it could be Oregon USC again. I, I don't really know. It just depends on the tiebreakers and everything They they could be the chaos team. here. I cannot imagine that. I mean, I can, but like that, that's going to be, that would be kind of wild. Cause that's not really that far fetched. I mean, it's, it's not. And they could cannibalize but, the PAC 12 out of the playoff. And we thought they almost. Had a chance of beating, having two teams in there. Right. I, I'm with you, Clint. I think they have a better shot at beating Washington than they do Oregon, just how, how the matchups go. Um, Even yeah. if they beat Washington, Washington still only has one loss. So they're probably That's still... True. That's true. Still going. Yeah, I would think they're... But I guess I haven't heard anything else being quite locked up yet in any other conference besides the SEC. So, and yeah. I think that's because of the division thing right now. So, um, speaking of another not close game, guys, I don't know why you don't listen to me. You guys don't listen to me at all. Like, I, I, granted, most of the time you shouldn't, but there are times when you should. And that's when Missouri's playing at home to anybody. And I'm telling you, this place is haunted, and you guys don't believe me. I, I think, think we you guys all, all picked. No, yeah. I think you picked Tennessee. Do you always pick Missouri? I think you all picked Missouri Tennessee. was actually plus one in this game. I think yeah, we so all picked Missouri. Right okay, so do you guys yeah. listen? I take it all back, guys. I take it all back. <laughs> I definitely picked Tennessee. <laughs> I was going to say, I know one of you four. Tennessee's minus one? Nah, I picked Missouri. Mm. Are you sure? No, it, it was me. It was me. Okay. Well, anyway, Clint, you need to listen to anybody because uh, <laughs> that game wasn't even close, bro. No. Not even close. I don't even think this is even a knock on, which is surprising for me to say. I don't even think it's a knock on Milton. I don't think Milton could even get on the field. I know they had like a 21 play, 11 minute drive at one point. They had 40 minutes of possession time, really 39 and some change to Tennessee's 20 and some change. Like, I mean, I'm assuming that was our game plan going in, executed beautifully, but I mean, that's a way to not, this is my thing, that's still a, a good way to keep a good offense off, off the field, but to do that and still to, and I think that 21 play drive, they only got a field goal out of, which is insane. But for them to still to hold Tennessee in that high scoring offense, who, and who had one of the best rushing offenses in the conference to seven points, absolutely insane. Too bad Missouri's not getting a, a shot at the old SEC. But uh, yeah, did this, Jacob, did this shock you at all, this final score? Because it, it did me, because I, I didn't, I wasn't able to catch the game. And at the end, I was like, holy shit, what is going on? No, yeah, I, I thought Missouri would win. And 
maybe handily, but not like this, 36 to 7. Because the thing is, like I think we said last game, that Missouri, like if you told me Luther Burden had this stat line, yeah, I'm taking Missouri to win that game. Well, Luther right. Burden was held to just four catches, 26 yards, and just one tud. It was Cody Schrader that went absolutely bananas. They just said, okay, here's the ball, Cody. Go ahead and run the whole game. 35 carries, 205 yards, one touchdown, and five receptions for 116 yards receiving. I mean, it was just the Cody Schrader show. Um, I mean, the whole team looked damn good, but they, they shut down the Tennessee rushing attack, uh, gave Milton what he could, but it, it just didn't let anything happen over the top. I mean, just 36-7, just a beatdown. And like you said, I, Missouri, I, I wish they would have a chance at the SEC championship, but um, they're going to have a damn good bowl, I believe. So, Listen, Jason, I don't need you fussing at me every time I pick against Missouri because that's only going to make me want to pick against Missouri for like the rest of my life. Um, and that's how I win the <laughs> thing. I mean, to be fair, I was not confident confident in that pick at all when I picked Tennessee, just because uh, it's Tennessee and they've they've looked weird at times this year. But yeah, I did not see this kind of shellacking. That was that was kind of crazy. Um, Mizzou is like not a fluky good team, you know. Like kind of sometimes years past, Mizzou's been like good, but it's been like kind of gimmicky. Dude, no, man. They're like actually good, which is you buy stock in kind of odd to Dude, see. Dude, new New Year's Six Bowl prediction right now, Louisville, Missouri, for who's like the second best kind of unknown. Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be a hell of a bowl. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, like you said, Schrader went absolutely bonkers in this game. Um, you know, kind of an all-time performance right there. Um I thought Tennessee was going to be able to run the ball. That's kind of, you know, what they count on a lot. You know, they protect Milton and the fact that he's not the greatest passer by running the ball. And for most of the season, they ran it really well. Well, they did not. Uh, they did not this game. Not even not even a little bit. Uh, Milton was the leading rusher with 36 yards, if that tells you anything. So, yeah, no, Missouri kind of dominated the game. I do have an interesting stat I saw on the flight over here. Um Mizzou's the first team to be all four Tennessee FBS programs in a single season. And what's funny is the win against Tennessee was the biggest margin win out of all four teams. <laughs> in your so, face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, good win, uh, great win. The Missouri looks damn good this year. And um, – I think it's kind of a testament to the way they coach because they, they do have good players, but they're not at the same talent level as, say, uh, Georgia or Alabama. But they, shoot, it hasn't held them back too much. They look really good this year. And this is like, this is their biggest margin of victory, I believe, the whole year. It actually is. Yeah. At it. I mean, they beat Middle Tennessee. I'll go give you your, your Tennessee teams real quick because I was curious who those were. Middle Tennessee State, they won by four. They beat Memphis by seven. And then, uh, yeah, this is their biggest margin. And then, look, they got Florida and Arkansas. So I think they're going to finish the regular season 10-2. and two. And uh, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Louisville maybe get, catches an L in the conference championship game, gives their second loss. We might have a pretty damn good matchup. Um, yeah. Well, this is one you can yell at me about. I, I had a feeling uh, when I picked uh, Oak State UCF, in my head I was thinking about John Rice Plumley and what he did versus Oklahoma. So if UCF would have won the game, it wouldn't have been a big surprise to me at all. But the fact that they won 45-3, to Oak State coming off a big win over Oklahoma, to me is one of the, the biggest surprises um, of this weekend. Mike Gundy is the coach. 
got that right for the first time ever. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't. I don't know let you, how you let your team like. You lose by forty two after beating Oklahoma, and you come in ranked fifteen. You're trying to break into the, you know, push for the top ten. Maybe maybe sneak your way into the conference championship game, and you just absolutely get annihilated by this UCF team. Granted, I mean th- they do have a good offense, um, but Plumley throws for three hundred yards, three touchdowns, uh, ran for seventy five, and then they had a running back who ran for two hundred six yards on almost a nine yard average. Um, so a, a dominating performance at Oak State. Uh, Jay, I don't know who you picked in this one, um, but yeah, this is a little shocking to me. We don't have to talk about who I picked in this one. All right, well, um, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I had Oklahoma State minus two and a half. Um, dude, I, I can tell you what honestly happened. I was partying with Mike Gundy and the offensive line after the Oklahoma win. <laughs> and we, had, we had way been, too many I, drinks. You didn't invite and it was me? Just, yeah, I'm sorry. I just Mike Gunny calls you up. You got to go. And, you know, them boys, man, they can drink and they had way too much. I think a couple of them went to the hospital and had, had to get some IVs and stuff. And I think that just led over into this week. And they did not want to show up because they got pushed around at the line of scrimmage. Um, Ollie Gordon, we've talked about how I talked about a couple of weeks ago how many yeah, he had did. so much more rushing yards and teams over the past couple of weeks. And he had just 12 carries, 25 yards. The offensive line didn't show up to try to run the ball today. The defensive line didn't try to stop the run because, like you said, R.J. Harvey had a hell of a rushing attack just himself with 206 yards, but the team ran for almost 300 yards. Uh, you're not going to win too many games um, when you're playing a team like that. That doesn't even run the option and just runs 300 yards. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was just a complete shit show for him. Um, I, I I didn't see this coming at all, obviously. So I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say, honestly, because that, that was just a big old shit show. So good for UCF, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for real. I wish I could say I told y'all so, but I definitely had Oklahoma State as well on this one. So <laughs> kind of all three screwed the pooch on that one. Like, like Jason said, man, if this would have been kind of close in UCF one, you know, it makes sense. This makes, I mean, I think everybody that's talking about this game is like, what? It, it just doesn't make sense. And to your point, Jacob, about all that Gordon, it's not it, like, yeah, he he led all FBS coming into this game, twelve carries, twenty five yards. But it wasn't just that. It was against a team that was allowing 260 yards of rushing against 12 average, I guess, a big 12 opponents. So they were letting everybody run on them. And then they come up to the one of the most dominant runners uh, this year, and they hold them to 25 yards. Then none of this made sense. And I don't know if y'all saw the, the UCF was wearing these like space blue uniforms. Yeah, just awesome. like babyish powder blue. I'm sure Oklahoma State is going to see them uniforms in their dreams tonight and for the rest of the rest of this year, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I'm not I'm not even going to try to try to make sense of it. Just chalk it up to a WTF game. Well, another not not such a WTF game, but uh an upset if you count unranked versus ranked. Texas Tech beats Kansas who came in ranked number 16. Um 16 to 13 close game down there in uh where the hell is that uh the name of their city down there i don't remember anyways shout out texas tech man they've uh <laughs> seems to be i'm trying to think of the name man lawrence oh lawrence kansas there we yes, go i think right. that's where basketball was created shout out uh james nation i appreciate you and those peach baskets but this is a football podcast so let's get into it yeah i got nothing on this game man definitely not one that i was interested to watch um <laughs> Yeah, you guys see where my brain's going. Absolutely, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was a basketball. That was a WTF moment right there. Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Well, I remember earlier we were talking about the Texas game and how you know 
what what we're going to see with Texas and everything. Well, I immediately thought, doesn't Texas have to play Texas Tech? And we thought Texas Tech was going to be a good team this year, and then they go and beat Kansas. Now, I don't even think – we thought for a second that – uh, Clint, didn't you say that Jalen Daniels was going to play in this game? Didn't you say that? That's what it, that, that's what it came out, and that's what they said. Oh, no, no, no. That was um that was Jaden. Jaden, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jaden. I'm yeah. still getting a mix Jayden, up now. Dude, dude, wait, wait, wait. Did I, hold on. Was, it, was I talking about Jaden? I don't even remember now. No, no. You're talking about Jaden Daniels. I guess. Okay. Well, that, there so, I go. Hey, Texas Tech again. has UCF next and then Texas. That's what I was saying is that Texas – where's that game message looking? Is that in Texas or is it at- – it is at Texas, yes. At Texas, okay. That could be a scary. It one is for in him. the state of Texas, regardless, but at Texas. Well, those are two different. Austin and Lubbock. <laughs> I don't know if you ever been been. No, to Lubbock you or... you would know, but I but I do not. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, th- this was a surprise, I guess. Um, Jason Bean didn't even get the start. It was Cole Ballard, or maybe Bean started and he got hurt. I really forgot what happened. Honestly, so much, so many games we watched, but uh, but yeah, this was sixteen thirteen, kind of a surprise. Um. Too bad for Kansas, man. They they finally got over that hump and beat the ranked opponent or a top ten opponent, whatever it was, earlier this year when they beat Oklahoma for the first time in forever. Shout I forgot out. what that stat was. And uh, threw the goalpost in the river, and then they go and turn around and just shit the bed against Texas Tech. So feels bad for Kansas. I always rooting for him in football, and uh, too bad for that. Hmm. Yeah, trying stuff when you you're already playing with the backup, but the backup gets hurt, quarterback, and now you just. South Carolina knows all about that. What was it, 2020, JC, when we were playing grad transfers at, at quarterback? Or no, no, Dude, coaching We assistance. were literally playing. Yeah. If you had, and not even a good pulse, if you had a slight pulse and you could yeah, rip you, a football um, yeah, with stick'em, so every, anyone with a barely a pulse, um, yeah. you were playing quarterback at South Carolina yeah, back there in 2020. No, I'm just kidding. Shout out to, oh, what's it? That guy. Which one? Oh, uh, yeah. You okay. All right. Transfer. Who's the transfer? What's his name? Which I transfer? Give him a shout out. The grad, the, not the coaching assistant. Oh, oh God. Uh, Jason Brown? Jason. Nope. God, it's Jason Bourne. Nope. That's the kid from the <laughs> I thought this was from Virginia. No, the other, the, the guy. Zeb Nolan. Shout out Zeb. to Zeb Nolan. <laughs> That's why I, I couldn't said, remember it. Because fucking yeah, name's Zeb. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to old Zippity Zeb. Uh, now we yeah. had a comeback on Vandy. Remember, I thought it was Missouri. No, we made a monster comeback versus Vanderbilt, and he came back once again. Carolina fan, come back on Vandy. Hey, let's we'll take it where we can get it. Listen, you guys needed. Uh, no, you didn't, I don't have. I don't have shit to say to you this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I do for the future, but no, you guys, you guys played good. Sorry, Clint. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Zeb Nolan's on my mind. Nope, I did it to myself. I brought up Carolina, and I should have known you were just going to take the next five minutes to talk about them. Um, <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> No, I, I don't have much to add. Y'all, y'all talked about it. Just uh, when you're playing backups and they haven't ever played really, that's going to be tough to, to beat teams, even teams like Texas Tech. And, you know, they weren't, it's a close game, but they weren't able to, weren't able to pull it out. So, and it just happens sometimes. Jesus. Yeah, it does, ha- it does oh, happen. Why is she um, saying that? Man, yeah, I don't even know what you said about, that's what she said, but. Hey, don't worry about on. it. Oklahoma. How uh, about them? No, listen, this game made me mad because at one point, and by one point, I mean, uh, what quarter was that? The first quarter? Yeah, that was the first mm. quarter. West Virginia was up 7-0. And then, <laughs> I thought things were going well. I think things I were going well. I bet you were well. feeling good, too. Then, I was like, like, 59 to 20, like, like listen. Then it was like 14 to 7. I was like, oh, we're good. <laughs> and then, I couldn't watch anymore. Had to handle some things. And then I come back, 
And I was like, oh, what's the score of this game? Gotta be close. 59 to 20. I was like, well, fuck me sideways. I need this. I need this <laughs> win. So, yeah, I don't really know what happened. I know D- Dylan Gabriel had like eight touchdowns or something stupid. Um, is that accurate? Yep. Yeah, I don't even know how you have eight touchdowns. Um, because if you have eight touchdowns, you have more than 59. No, I'm kidding. But that's a shit ton of touchdowns. Good for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I still think Spencer Rattler should be ahead of him in the Heisman voting just Ooh, for the fact so. that I need to win this bet. How does he have that many touchdowns? Dude, like, he had 423 yards passing five touchdowns. Guy. Like, this guy's not a Heisman guy. Like, you had to share. Like, Milrow had to score six, but this guy could have easily handed the ball up to somebody else. Um, so this is just, uh, just to go show you that Venables doesn't care about his team, like, cares about star players. Um, so, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. This is actually did surprise me. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. This was a big surprise to me too. I, I thought West Virginia was kind of competent, and uh, Oklahoma decided to stomp all over him. Um, well, not Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel decided to stomp all over him. Um, 423 yards passing, five touchdowns, and then like I said, 50 yards rushing on 11 attempts for the uh, three touchdowns. So. I mean, it is the Gabriel show when you're playing Oklahoma, and um, and that's shown because they've lost two games this year, and you can't always put it all on your back. So they need to uh, figure that out a little bit. But um, but yeah, this this was a uh, man. This came out of nowhere. I just want to I want to challenge y'all to something. Uh, the leading rusher for Oklahoma, Gavin Salchuk. I want you to say Salchuk three times in a row fast. Suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> wow, Clint! Thanks for your participation. You don't. Listen, I picked award. Oklahoma to win and to cover. I feel like that's that's my prize. That's did my consolidation. Though? I did. You, you kind of have to though. See, what did I, who did I pick this game? I did. Why did I pick West? Oh yeah, because I've been picking Oklahoma. See, see, I told you guys it was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. As soon as I pick against Oklahoma, they they do what they're supposed to do. The last two games, nah, nah. This and not like I was about to say that too. Like this was the game out of the the last three that Oklahoma has that I was most worried about. Um, That's I'm, what I'm saying. That's why this makes no sense. Less worried now. Yeah, I'm. I'm I feel like I'm, I'm. I'm. I feel like I'm pretty safe with our bet. So they play. T- don't they? Don't they play TCU next? They got at BYU. BYU. It's at yeah, BYU, which has always been a problem. At, at BYU, bunch of bunch of Mormons yeah. soaking down there. But TCU just played Texas close. For yeah, that's true. I'm not, I'm not worried. You should be worried, dude. It's a noon kickoff there down in uh, where we use it. Hey, fun fact, fun fact. You know, uh, you know, uh, BYU. So it's it's Brigham Young University. It's like Steve Young's like great great grandfather or something. Only you would know that, dude. Are you Mormon? That's why he went there. Ah, um, gotcha. I'm not. I'm not. I don't participate in soaking. Um, <laughs> right, let's move on from the Mormon talk. Um. I don't, I, don't I mean, condone. dude, I mean, three wives isn't the worst thing. Just kidding. That's probably the worst thing. Um, Three headaches. Cut, somebody cut that out. What, uh, dude, I'm so low. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> dude, you're talking about Mormons. Off the rails. <laughs> Jake brought up Mormons, dude. <laughs> Mormon. What game are we even on? All right, Florida. LSU, Florida. <laughs> LSU, Florida. Dude, why didn't, okay, come on, bro. Literally at the end of the game, Florida has a chance to go down the field. And they can't score measly little touchdowns so I can cover this game? Like, this is insane. Oh. Who did you guys pick? Did you guys, did you guys, did you guys, did you guys, did, why are you purring? Did you guys pick LSU? I did. Damn, what was you, you two fools, didn't. 
I picked Florida. Nah, dude, I had to. I'm always picking LSU. I, I did. Fuck Florida. Florida. me, Florida should have covered me. Yeah, yeah I did. I did pick Florida. Well, shame on me, dude, because Jalen Daniels. Anybody else want to continue to fire me up about him? Because Jaden. Jaden Daniels. Well, okay, fire me up about his first name then. Fine. Daniels. Mr. Daniels. 372 yards passing. <laughs> <laughs> three touchdowns. 234 yards rushing on 12 carries. I'm oh, not yes. doing that, man. You didn't say that. All right, put him somebody on a Heisman. Thank you, dude. That's what he's been doing the past two or three games. But I dude. want him sitting beside Marvin Harrison Jr. Honestly, I was looking at it, and while we're talking about Oregon, uh, Bo Nix has only thrown, I think, t- two Oregon. picks this year, and Penix has thrown seven. Honestly, put D- J- Jaden Daniels, number one, and then put fucking uh, Bo Nix, two, and then Penix, three now. Marvin Harrison Jr. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., four. Or did you just pick two quarterbacks above three the guy that you have tattooed on your Marvin lower Harrison, back? And then probably... <laughs> Honestly, O'Dunsey, or or actually the LSU receiver. They're not going to do that. LSU receivers had a better statistical year than Marvin Harrison, and nobody wants to hear that. Not Pac. Jordan Lynch played for Northern Illinois and put up stupid stats running and throwing, and he was this ain't Northern Illinois. (laughs) What's funny is that. All three of us agree that Jaden Daniels should be invited to the Heisman, well, to the Heisman ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Jacob is just like <laughs> taking it out on us. I don't want I don't, that big tattoo. You already have it. <laughs> I've seen it. It's even got little Malik Neighbors. That's on his it. name. Malik Neighbors. Yeah, that, guy, that guy's going off. That I mean, yeah, he's 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 good. Go ahead, look it. at the stats, JC. He's got better stats than Harrison. Can I guarantee. you? Can you please? No, please, please. Get a, just a, like a small, small tattoo of whoever. If Jaden Daniels or Penix wins the Heisman, just small. Mm, I don't know. Just, we'll see. just time. No one has to see it if you're wearing normal like clothes. Yeah, if, you, if so you're going to wear your crop back. tops, yeah, you're, you're going to have to <laughs> cover it up a little bit. Let's do. Uh, Jaden Daniels had over 600 yards of offense himself, which is a, yeah stupid. <laughs> He is did the you first just, player. Did you just? Yeah, dude, he's so he did, up. I don't know what it just did, but I, I can't sit on air. <laughs> no, but you hoist coming out. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Daniels is like cocaine for him, apparently. Uh, Jaden Daniels know. is the first player in FBS history to have 350 plus passing yards and 200 plus rushing yards in a single game. Did you? First oh, player yeah. ever. He just made look at That's what face. I like to see. Oh, okay. yeah. We got to move on from this. Keep we got to move on, dude. We got to move on. This is getting too crazy for me. Hey, Florida might not be bowling. Okay, you can move on. Um, I got a really good take on on bowling. Um, I think I'm going bowling Monday. Actually, anyone wants to come, but you, guys <laughs> you just said awesome. let's move Dude. on, and then you're talking about you going like we bowling at the bowling alley. Mormons yeah, in the Oklahoma game. Let's not right. go to bowling. Arizona, Colorado. <laughs> I told you. Well. I don't know how to I don't know how to argue this because I said Fafita was gonna do good, but I picked Colorado to cover. <laughs> so I'm arguing for myself on both ends. Fafita? Oh, Fafita. Oh man. Fafita? <laughs> uh Fafita did good. He had two touchdowns, two hundred and fourteen yards. Um but Colorado covered who I picked to cover, so I have no arguments here at all. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all three of us picked Colorado. So yeah, I was really fired up for no reason. I feel like that's been one of the best bets of the season is picking Colorado against to cover the spread. They just that's got too many that. athletes to not because they've been given these decently sized spreads. That's a ten and a half. Clint like, Colorado guy. I know that. No, it, it took it took me a while, a while to come around, but I did, and it and it paid off. So yeah, you're right, Jacob. Oh man, 
Um, all right, let's get to the next one. Um, Clint, I will say, and me and you, rightfully so, picked Rutgers to beat Iowa, and somehow Iowa scored uh, twenty-two points and gave up zero, um, and beat up on Rutgers. So still not scoring twenty-five points doesn't matter. That coach is getting fired. We've already talked about that ad nauseum. But yeah, dude, I know we keep talking about their defense. I get it. I know they're good, but again, a shutout. Versus a team that I thought actually was maybe gonna win the game kind of surprised me. Uh, but again, I'm just I'm just hoping they lost another one. But uh, no, Jacob picked Iowa 17-14, so at least you picked Iowa to win. I picked Rutgers to score 24 points. Yikes! Yeah, imagine this- letting one of the worst offenses in the nation score 22 on you. Yeah, that's crazy. 16 of them. It was only six nothing. <laughs> At the end of the third quarter, so I think they kind of gave up. But that's why I tell me their backups like, are better than their starters. <laughs> maybe, or maybe it's just a boa constrictor, and they just it, you can't even you get so bored. That's why I haven't I haven't watched an Iowa game this year. I don't know if y'all have, but you just get so bored. I think Rutgers got so bored playing the game they just gave up in the fourth quarter. That's entirely possible. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Deacon Hill. I'm pretty sure heard the Pat McAfee episode where he got called a fat bastard. And <laughs> Kano went off. He's 20 for 31 for 223 yards. I mean, he you hasn't done take that in like five that? games. That is going off in Iowa. Like, you are a Heisman trophy. Yeah. That, Put him in New York. That is a... They're going to make a statue of him. That's like... On the insane. hill. Dude, uh, fi- you want it. He finally you want, took yeah. over McNamara. 715 yards on the season now. McNamara had 505. So this this game finally... Oh, jeez. He did it in a big way. Listen, a quick step before we move on. Big Ten West. You want to hear how big of a shit show they are? Hmm. Big, big Ten West has five teams with a five and five record. All five teams are also three and four in the conference, and they're all tied for like second, third, fourth, whatever, all behind the worst offense in the nation, a.k.a. <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. And they're all ranked in the top 25. Wow. No. That's how bad the the Big Ten West this year. This is the game right here. The Rutgers game is why I think the committee put Iowa in the top 25. I still despise no, it. I, Don't can't agree do it. With I guess it. you have to. Like, Yeah. You have to. It's like an yeah, all-time. At this point, you're just running out of teams, yeah. Kind of. Because I can't give James Madison a chance. So let's Which, put Iowa up there. Shout out James Madison. Game day is going there, actually. Yes. James that Madison is well App State. And the uh, Jonas Brothers are playing there, so that's... <laughs> That's what we got going on. <laughs> well, no, I had, that was on ESPN's account because I was trying to figure out where game day was. Because like Georgia's playing Tennessee, um, there's like one other decent game. But you know, yeah, shout out anyway, all podcasts. Right, I mentioned that. Real, real talk though, you guys didn't listen to me with Tulane. Tulane's twenty four and a half point favorites over Tulsa. I told you guys to pick Tulsa. You know why? Because Tulsa sucks so bad that they have to cover. That's the we only all, thing I got. We all picked Tulsa. <laughs> you absolute meatball. Oh my God! Why? Why well, I was pick Tulsa. Tulsa was plus twenty three. That's why. Yeah, it's a ridiculous spread. I just got. I just feel like you guys always pick against me, man. I'm just. I got PTSD. <laughs> is this your therapy? What it sound like? I mean, it actually is why I do this. So I, can I yell just at feel things. like, man. Sometimes you always pick against me, which is fine because that's how I'm winning. Because you guys are picking opposite of me. Because Jacob still hasn't told me what his total is uh, this whole time. It's like we'll, like, we'll get to win Without even knowing what we did, like you just, well, I, yeah, you're just. Yelling. I think if I were actually like, able to, if I was able to see your face, I wouldn't yell you because I, I could see in your eyes that you picked Tulsa, but I can't see you. <laughs> so, 
I'm just I'm it's sad. like you're like don't drink gasoline. We're like, dude, we didn't like we didn't drink uh, gasoline. All right, I, I'm not gonna lie. That? This next game, I know I've been I haven't had good points recently. I I have actually some shit to talk about this this la- this next game that made me really mad with officiating. Um. Oh, I wanted to get your breakdown of this too because I didn't get to see any of this game. So same, I wanted, same. yeah. It's all you. You got the floor. Yeah. All right. So let me go back and see because I, I know the second one I want to talk about in overtime. <clears> I just got to go back to this first one. Oh, okay. I know now. All right. So into the game, it's a back and forth game. We're talking about Duke, North Carolina, by the way. North Carolina ended up pulling it out in double <laughs> overtime 47 45. No. Was it 47 45. North Carolina won. Yep. Oh, they, well, oh, they went for two. My bad. Yeah. Two point conversion. Um, so into the game, um, Duke makes a big stop to get the ball back to drive down the field. No, I'll take that back. Duke has scored. North Carolina had the ball to go down the field. Apparently, earlier in the game, earlier in the fourth quarter, I didn't see it. Um, but they had a call where I guess they were trying to figure out if Tez Walker stepped out of bounds or not. That went to review. Not in the last two minutes, just went to review, right? <clears throat> so North Carolina's trying to score like 40 yards uh, on the plus side of the field, and they throw a bomb down the sideline. And North Carolina guy makes the catch. But as he's coming down with it, there's two Duke guys there, so the safety over top. As he's the North Carolina receiver's coming down, the Duke guy is grabbing at the ball. And it looks like it might have come loose as he's coming down. They got into a pile, like a obviously a dog pile there for a few minutes. Duke came out with the ball. North the officials on the field, they saw Duke come out with the ball. On the field ruled North Carolina ball first down on like the five yard line. So we're like, okay, that's kind of weird because they came out with the ball, um, which that happens sometimes, not crazy. But they didn't even review it the play at all. Did not even look at it at all. During the whole dog pile and the ref talking, they kept showing the replay. Now, because of what they ruled on the field, I'm not saying it would have got overturned, but it was absolutely insane the fact that they didn't even look to review this because the guy is not down and Duke has their hands on the ball. And it's a fight for the ball. I really think Duke came up with that. Again, arguments to each side whether they would have <laughs> overturned it. So that, that was weird, right? So then, anyway, North Carolina scores. Duke comes back down the field. They end up scoring what I thought was the game one touchdown with like 40 seconds left. Um, and North Carolina is able to get the ball. Of course, they play prevent. They come in, they kick a long field goal to uh, tie the game. Anyway, it goes into overtime. Second overtime, North Carolina <clears throat> needs a score. Um, they score a touchdown. Now they have to go for two. They go for two, and Drake May scrambling around. He kind of runs to the left, then he kind of runs in between the line and throws a pass. Dude's wide open. Well, a legal man downfield. Their offensive lineman is in the end zone, like in the middle of the end zone. And on replay, he you see him ducking down once he realizes that he is in the end zone and trying to like not be seen, which this guy is like 6'5", 300 pounds. <laughs> no call. There's a no call on that. Uh, Duke subsequently goes down towards a touchdown. Then they have to go over two. They don't get it. Anyway, the officiating made me mad. I thought Duke should have won that game. Um, but take away all, oh, they also stormed the field uh, and Mac Brown started crying. So apparently this is the coach's crying fest. We stormed the field now, rivalry games, and Duke should have won. I'm salty about it. I also think that this game would have been absolutely phenomenal if Dick Vitale would have been um, commentating <laughs> the game, even if they yep. just had him come in for overtime. I know it's a long game for old Dickie V's getting up there in age. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry you guys missed this game, but absolutely insane. A, a classic poor officiating. So find me NCAA. Well, you don't actually. You leave it to the conferences. So somebody find me for talking bad about the rest. No, I really hate that I missed this game and I need to go back and rewatch like the highlights. Like you actually for real really do extended yeah. highlights. I've been talking about this game the whole year. 
Um, I was like, dude, I can't wait for this game. Now, I, I still hate the fact um, that Riley Leonard's hurt, um, didn't play in this game as he shouldn't have been, honestly. Maybe he should have. Now, looking back, since Brock Bowers came back, he should have just got the tight wrist surgery right there. I think they had very similar injuries, um, and maybe he could have come back. But that's another talk, whatever. Um, but, yeah, for this game, for me to hype it up all year and for it to go in a double overtime, like, that sounds like a hell of a good time. I really need to go back and watch it. But um, I know, I think, like, Clint, I think you said earlier that Drake May is, like, 11th, 12th, 13th in Heisman, whatever. Um, he, he's nowhere near close to having a chance to win it. But honestly, Amari and Hampton should be up there with, with him, you know, cause this dude had almost two, he had over 200 yards and like almost 40 touches this game. And it feels like they've been doing that every single game with him. Um, he's just been carrying this team just as much, if not more than Drake may has this year. Um, so shout out to him. But uh, yeah, this, this game, I really, I really need to go back and see. Yeah, same. Especially now, I see how passionate JC. Actually, what happened was, I think I woke up the next morning and I saw that JC was just live texting it, like the last like ten <laughs> yeah. minutes of the game. It was just him talking about the game to himself, but to <laughs> us. Yeah. We were both like gone <laughs> to sleep. I had to, I had to tell somebody, bro. It was just getting wild. Like I was like, oh, dude, yeah. that must have been a crazy game. And then. Yeah, how did I not re- Duke getting bamboozled? Then Duke scored. I sent the Dick Vitale gif, and then I'm like, oh, Grayson Loftus played a gaff team. And then I sent some other. Yeah, dude, I was fired up, man. Oh, uh, so that cracked me up. Um, yeah, I wish I would have watched it. I will definitely go back and see how much I bother JC. Um, <laughs> surprised Duke scored 45. That's honestly impressive. Considering yeah, what they're going through right Grayson now. Loftus, man. Well, we've been talking yeah. about how bad this South North Carolina, Carolina defense has been. So, mm-hmm. really, I can't say that we're too surprised, I guess. But. I was surprised in <laughs> overtime. I thought once they got there, I was like, North. I mean, obviously, they pulled it out, but I didn't know if it'd get past the first one because I was like, North Carolina definitely has the athletes, you know, th- this close to, to make it look easy. Um, why the fuck? Why are we storming the field so damn much this year? Bro, not only did they storm the field and Mac Brown cry, while they stormed the field, they turned out they were doing the whole LED lights and they started playing music. They, put, they started playing Jump Around. And they were oh, it just turned into like party. a like a club. All right, it was you know it was a club. But the the thing is, it's like Grandpa in the club was crying, but everyone in the club was having a good time. You know, That's I've honestly changed my mindset on that because I used to be the old man. Like, why are we storming the field after just beating blah blah blah? And you know what, like. That's what makes college football college football. You don't see that shit in the NFL, so I don't really care. I know Clemson, we have a, we're notorious, so I'll put my hand up and say this in front of God and everybody. We are terrible about storming the field. We fucking did it against Georgia Tech this past week. I know, but like, you know what? That's oh, what makes, y'all did? We did. Well, we didn't storm. I mean, I Wait, guess it you was stormed a field storming. Georgia Tech? We did, yeah, but like, I don't, and that's, oh, that sounds very biased. God. But like, truthfully, I don't care. Like, this is college football. Let the kids be kids. Like, that's what makes it awesome. You don't see the shit about the kid, like, people tearing down the goalposts, throwing in the fucking river, and in the, in the NFL. That's what makes college football great in my mind. That, I've changed no, my I mind. I just like it, it took your own team storming the field against Georgia Tech. You know, for the I, I honestly mind. felt that before this year, really. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've heard you say that before. I will say, are you or are you not going to be on the field in two weeks when we storm the field in Williams Bryce? Because we hey. will storm it from the second freaking deck. Cry not, but we'll, this we'll past start week, walking down. We'll start walking down. Maybe I would. I'd love to be on the field, but like this Hell week, yeah. actually coming Hell up, yeah. Clemson, North Hell Carolina, yeah. we actually have a chance because we're going to be on that first deck. And oh, if we beat North Carolina, damn right, I'm on that field. I'm on the pole, baby. Dude, <laughs> please, I'm not. This is not exaggerated, dude. If if you if Clemson storms the field versus North Carolina. 
Which if they win, if we win, we will obviously. Right. And if you're, I swear to God, Jacob, if you're not on that field and if you don't have a camera rolling, if you don't have anything, I'm going to be pretty mad. Like I need, (laughs) just don't just hit record and just hold it up. Don't pay attention to it. Just do your thing. I just need it on video. Okay. Yep. I'll do that. Deal. I captain. Clint's shaking too. You just can't see him. Yep. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's move on. We got, we got a few more games to talk about. Um, I don't know why the hell somebody let me pick Baylor versus Kansas State, but they absolutely (laughs) got trounced. Kansas State won 59-25. They round out the top 25. Anybody have anything on that? Start with you, Jacob, before we actually get to Carolina and Clemson. I mean, I can't call you dumb, but, you know, I've been trying to tell you the past couple weeks that they found something with Will Howard, and, like, this team's been lighting it up, and Baylor just hadn't been good all year. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Jacob can't call you dumb, but I will. You, you <laughs> dummy. Um, no, I don't have anything. I, <laughs> <laughs> Mailing it in. That. Um, yeah, I don't have much to add. Kansas State went off. Baylor is not very good. So, yeah, that's what you get. Kansas State's going to get right. a decent bowl, I think, honestly. They're 25th now in doing this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're, they're going to be a sneaky little team at the end. They do always kind of have, like, a solid team. Feels yep. Like. They're back-to-back right. Big 12 champions. Hey, there you go. Not this year, I don't think. Doubt it. All right, let's move on. South Carolina taking on Vandy. I think we were like 13.5-point favorites, give or take, around there. Probably are like maybe the most like smooth kind of in rhythm, I feel like, maybe game we've had this year as far as not. We, we had some drop balls, albeit it was in the rain. Luke Doty, no gloves. Had one hit off his hands. It landed in. Uh, X's hands, thankfully, and then Doty decided to put gloves on for the second half, so shout out to that. Small details, but 47-6 win. I feel like we needed this as a program. I know it's Vandy, I get it, but we needed just to come out and not play down to Vandy, um, even though we're only like a game separating them from our record at the time, but to, for, for us to come in and the defense to do what they did, get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, um, and even when the their running quarterback came in, who's like six foot seven, we slowed him down, but for the offense to to play the way they did, we didn't run the ball great. Mario Mario Anderson had a big run there, um, which helped some of those stats. But I thought Rattler played well. He had one bad pass, like that miscommunication between him and Xavier Leggett, which resulted in a pick. Other than that, he played well. Off the line, one of our better games. Again, it's Vandy, so like even with all our troubles, I hope that we still have a better roster. Um, then Vandy and we proved it. So we got, we got two more games to get bowl eligible. So we got a, uh, a struggling Kentucky team coming in for a night game at Williams Bryce, which honestly is big time. I think we get that win. Then, uh, Clemson will give us the opportunity to go bowling. So for, for uh, like, it's almost better. It's, it's not, but for us to, to go into the Clemson game with seven wins, as opposed to we have five and we have a chance to win a bowl game gives us more, like, I feel like it's something to play for. So I can't wait, Jacob, for you guys to give us that opportunity to, to get to the Meineke Carter boys I've been joking about. Uh, but Clint, what do you what you make of this game from a Gamecock fan? Again, I know it's just Vandy, but I think there's some positives we can take away from it. Um, I mean, you did what you're supposed to do against a pretty bad team, and that's kind of more than we've been able to say, you know, in years past. This year, obviously, hasn't been great either, but we've been playing some pretty tough teams. So to face a team like Vanderbilt and 
handle business. That's obviously a good thing. Uh, the rain, I do think, hindered Vanderbilt um, a little bit. I mean, I, I obviously both teams playing the same weather, but um, I, I just feel like Van Vanny kind of suffered a little bit more from it for some reason. I do know that like Spencer, there was like four or five like just straight up draw passes. His stat line would have looked even better than it already does. Um, but you know, whatever. He's had a great game. Um, a lot of different players got to touch the ball. A lot of young guys at this point in the year, and how this year played out. That's kind of what you you need to do. Start getting your young guys ex- ex- some experience. Uh, that way, we can start building next season. Um, but hey, man, we're we're still in the hunt for a bowl. Kentucky. I mean. They're not great, but they're better than Vandy, so we're gonna have to keep bringing it. Uh, luckily, we we get them at home as well, so um, <clears throat> we'll we'll actually be at that game. I'm looking forward to. It. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Actually, we'll all be at games next weekend, man. That'll be pretty good. Yeah. Be different, gonna uh, finish these last two weeks strong. Be two back to back games. <clears throat> um, yeah, th- this before this game, the the least amount of points y'all had given up this year was actually f- Furman. Um, y'all gave up 21 points. Um, that was the least y'all given up before that. And then actually after that, the least amount was to Georgia. Y'all didn't give up 24 points to Georgia. Um, that's kind of weird to say. And then it was 28 to Jacksonville State. So to see y'all only give up six to Vandy, I think y'all finally decided to come in and dominate on both offensive lines. Um, something y'all been looking to do all year. And you've had, like you said, multiple times, like backup tight ends playing offensive line and stuff. And I don't know if you had backup tight ends playing today, but they all played very well. No, no, we didn't, thankfully. Yeah, that that's good. Um, I know you said you are supposed to get two of them back now. <laughs> so um, this is very encouraging. I know Vandy's been you know bad this year, like every year pretty much, unless, unless they had Mike Wright at quarterback. Um, but this is uh, encouraging for y'all. Um, I think this can kind of give you a little bit of like momentum, I guess, in a way. Um, going in Kentucky because you have some confidence. Hey, y'all, uh, y'all done it so far, and uh, so yeah, this is a very good win for y'all. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I think the fact that it's a night game helps out because um, I, I would say more than likely it's going to be a noon kick versus Clemson. So one more night game. Um, uh, hopefully, my hopefully I'm I'm wrong on that. It'd be, it'd be nice to have another night game, but yeah, how the season is going? Once one uh, one surprising if they just want the noon kick, but. Let's move on to Clemson, man. Taking on Georgia Tech. We look. We talked about Haynes King in that offense. Um, you guys went and picked them off four times. Shipley came back. Um, you know they split carries between him and, and Mappa. I thought you guys um, early on. I was worried that was going to be a close game again, and then it seemed like as always defense started making plays. Obviously, you intercepted the ball four times, so you guys should be find yourself in plus territory at some point and and have some points up turnover. So I don't. I don't know. I was bouncing back and forth a lot of the games, but I don't know how many. Is this one of those games where you felt like you guys could have put up a lot more points, a lot of points left on the field, or this is hey, we took a we took advantage of the fact that they gave us the ball that many times. Um, I think Cade might have thrown one pick, but other than that, I think he was pretty clean. Um, no fumbles, as far as I know. Um, Jacob, how do how do you feel your team was this kind of like the same as us? Like, it, albeit a, a different story with the opponent, but you know, obviously Georgia Tech, like you said, had, had a pretty high scoring offense coming into the game. And for you guys to to dominate the way you guys did, to me, honestly, the the, the biggest thing was Cade gave uh, some of the playmakers chances to go make plays. Like some of those balls he threw in the end zone, something I've never seen him him throw earlier in the year. Like the guy maybe doesn't look open, but throw him open or throw the route and let him go up and make a play. And he did that this game, which I, I, it's been missing. Maybe that's him. Maybe that's the fact that you guys don't have the wide receivers that you guys have been so accustomed to having. 
um, in the in the past. But I, I just want to get your take on on that and uh, how this game kind of felt going forward, and you guys get to bowl eligible. Yeah, um, don't hurt me with that phrasing. Um, finally, bowl eligible this late in the season. But uh, hey, look, I will say, Clint, Clint made a good point, dude. In, in this season, man, like for real, congrats. Like he's been up and down. Like you gotta yeah. you gotta look for the positive. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Um, I think the receivers were able to get more of a more separation in this game. I think Georgia Tech's defense is obviously not too good. Um, so that that certainly helps, and that helps Cade um a lot throwing to more wide open receivers. But um. I mean, we knew this defense was damn good this year, and they just put it to Haynes King and that um, offensive line for Georgia Tech. He'd never really had time to to do a whole lot, and then when he did have time, he actually made some poor decisions in this game, um, which obviously did not help his team. But uh, the first touchdown, we we made a dumb decision and uh, tried to go for a fake field or a fake punt on like our own twenty. We were like the punt, punt, we're sitting on like on the five yard line. He's like, all right, go ahead, and I'll try to. Try to break for a first down, but it didn't work out. So that's how they got their first touchdown. But after that, it was all Clemson. Um, offensively, it was really good to see Will Shipley back um, and playing at a, at a pretty high level. I thought he would come back very limited after that neck injury, and I thought he would still be kind of just, all right, I'm going to fill it out and stuff. But he still ended up with uh, 11 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown, uh, along with three catches for 30 yards. Like that, That's encouraging just as a football fan. Um, cause that was a scary injury. And uh, we still lean on Phil Moffell a good bit um, as a team ran for 260 yards. Uh, Cade looked efficient. He had that one bad pass um, for that pick. But, uh, dude, I think the difference is no turnovers in this game. Besides that one, I'm sorry, that one turnover, that one pick, there was no fumbles. Um, we've, this is the, just the fourth game this year we've uh, won the turnover battle. And uh, it obviously helps when that happens. But um, when you're in the red zone, too, you actually score. And not just field goals, you score touchdowns. And that happened, and it felt like pure ecstasy. <laughs> I think I said that in a group chat. It was like, dude, it's just so beautiful, just even on third down and goal, when you're like just expecting an incomplete pass or something like that, and you have to kick a field goal, and then we're going to miss a field goal. Like, nope, it actually we actually scored. And, I mean, y'all saw that replay of Tyler Tyler Brown, that one-handed catch he had? Oh, yeah. I think that, no, I saw I think that was on a third and goal. Dude, man, look, absolutely insane. And I think he played uh, locally in Columbia at – um. Was it a uh, river bluff things where he came, came from, but anyway, not sure. yeah, he played locally in Columbia, I believe, but, uh, yeah, this is it's coming off that Notre Dame win. This is a very important win for the rest of the year. And I think just as a program going forward, I think the tide has really turned when it comes to how the fans feel after the, the slow start this year. So I think this really, you know, and the score wasn't even this close either because Georgia tech with our backups or third strings in had, you know, scored 14 in the, in the, uh, fourth quarter so i i really think this this is a classic clemson win and it really helps us going forward so uh good luck to us against north carolina but i i think we're peaking at the right time and north carolina just barely getting by duke like i think we're we're gonna we'll get to the, pre, the previews wednesday but i i feel like we have a lot better chance now there and then going to columbia which is never easy never easy doesn't matter who it is what year we have um we have a lot more momentum now and we look a lot better and I feel a lot better. I feel like there's not a weight lifted off my shoulders, but we've, we've done it two weeks in a row now. It wasn't just a fluke against Notre right. Dame. We, we did it here too. So it's a good feeling and good time to be a tiger, I guess. This part of the go. season. <laughs> what you got, Clint? I can't believe y'all stormed the field. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be an old man about it. Not because no. I don't want kids to have fun. I just feel like it just, if everybody's doing it, 
not every game, but I mean, y'all were two touchdown favorites, and uh, I don't know. That's just crazy. It's not just y'all. I'm not picking on Clemson. I'm just picking on it. Just seems that's how college football is now. You just it just turns to a party more than like it was a gigantic upset. You know, program building moment. I don't know, but again, yeah, I might just be an old man. Like but no, that. But, no, but I like your point because that speaks that speaks to the Clemson program. Like you guys should not have to storm the field against Georgia Tech, even in a down year. Like you guys are still heads and shoulders better better than them. Yeah. I think we're doing it every home game, though. Like I said earlier, so you'll notice <laughs> it means more when the, we, we win or lose. We're on the field. Well, not well, not if we lose, I guess. But like, hey, it, you'll notice the difference if we're fucking the fans are sprinting on the field. Then of course we had a huge upset. But if they're just hopping over the fence and kind of slight jogging, then it's just we beat Georgia. Could you imagine how somber that would be if like y'all got demolished, but you still stormed the field? Guys are just like. What's up, Brad? Horses, zombies getting on the field. Jump off the field goal post. I'm about to break my neck. (laughs) I'm going to go run around with a security guard for a second and then go do my finals. Um, (laughs) You guys can see the players in class. You know that, right? You can go to class. You can can probably see Cade Clubbing there and maybe talk some sense into him. But we're doing the field. Um, Speaking of Cade Clubbing, did you see the the after, sorry, Clint, the uh, the postgame interview of Kate Klubnik and he had that little kid behind him doing a little he was like doing a little gritty or whatever no no apparently the kid did it like a year ago or something yeah he was the same kid when I was at the Carolina Clubs game he suddenly became like this huge thing he may have been a huge thing before but he was always dancing and like I'm not even joking probably 20 to 30 times during that game they they went to him and put him up on the big screen and he was just dancing the whole time doing like a little gritty and everything. And I think he's become a staple there. And they had him in the post game. He was on some dude's shoulders, just with sunglasses on, just trying to do like a little, uh, uh, a little gritty. I think I sent that to you on Instagram. Watch it though. Go ahead, Clint. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Please tell me more about kids dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm, as much as I can be stoked as a Carolina fan, I am stoked for Clemson because I was like that. This season was kind of wild for y'all, uh, and for y'all to be able to kind of turn around here the last two games, obviously very big. I, I feel like that UNC game doesn't look quite as scary anymore. I know a few weeks back it was like, oh, but now it's like, especially with how bad UNC's defense is, and obviously Clemson has a great defense. If y'all are able to hold um, Drake May and that UNC offense to I don't know, 20 points. I feel like you have a good shot to win that game. So, um, yeah, the season's not over. You still got some potential big wins ahead of you. Hopefully just one. Uh, and you'll end the season on a loss because that would mean South Carolina came through and we're bowling, hopefully. Uh, yeah, man, I, I know you're happy. I could feel the relief just through your text messages. I was like, oh, man, that. That feels good. So, man, you you storm that field whenever you want. I'm sorry, I'm an old man. That's right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Win or lose, man, you go get some grass, take it home with you. Yeah, <laughs> do some less mile stuff. Uh, yeah, grass. yeah, yeah. Shout out him who's not coaching anymore. It's okay. Um. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, yeah, man. This is uh two more weeks left. A couple games we're gonna attend in person. Can't wait. Um, look. What 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 other uh thing can I ask for to Fighting to be bullish at the end of the year, you know, something to something to fight for. So, yep. I mean, I, I could name a lot of things that would be better to fight for than just trying to make bull eligibility. But, yeah. but after the season for both of us, I think we're in a good, decent spot. Just gotta be where your feet are, Clint. Just right here in the middle. Stop. I that t-shirt. No. Those don't work on me. 
Okay. No. <laughs> it is. You just can't see I think I see a little, little here, a little tear in your eye. Lieutenant Dan can't wear that. Getting well. <laughs> That's right. Whoever his legs are, he definitely is not. Uh, well, shout out Lieutenant Dan. Shout out to you boys for another good pod. I'm glad we made it work. Um, as always, professional to able to get this one rolling. We had a little difficulties, but uh, we're making it work. So, Clint, I appreciate you even from miles and mi- thousands of miles away yep. you for making this work. So, Thank you, Clint. Nah, man. Y'all, y'all hung in with me trying to get my stuff figured out. So, I appreciate you boys. We got you, man. Look, we have nothing yeah. else to do in our lives. So, don't even, uh, don't swear. That's right. <laughs> all right all right we'll see you guys on the uh the preview because we only got a couple more weeks left so see you boys next time yes sir see you next time later